heroes. It's an old-fashioned notion. A visionary, a genius, ensuring freedom around the globe. A symbol to the nation, a hero to the world. The beacon of hope, shining out across the stars. I look around at us, you know what I see? A bunch of a-holes. Possibility. You think you know how the world works? The world is changing. We need heroes. Our very strength invites challenge. Challenge incites conflict. Conflict breeds catastrophe. The thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of... IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies, all for you. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the IPC podcast, also known as Endgame Pod. Yes, indeed, it is here. We're in the Endgame now. And we are talking about the newest Avengers film, possibly the biggest film, not really possibly, it's definitely the biggest film of the year, Avengers Endgame. It's here. It's happening. And we're going to be talking about it. Spoilers abound. We're not getting any non-spoiler segments thing. We're getting right into it. We're going to be talking about this movie. And this one's going to be a little bit different. This is a big show, guys. A huge one. We've been looking forward to this one for a long time. 
and, you know, normally speaking, it's myself and Zach. Zach is not here right now. He's going to be showing up later on in the show because this is a two-part show. Two big segments tonight. We've got a massive roundtable of guest hosts to break down this movie, and I'm going to be presenting the first round of guests, and then Zach will be on later to present the other round of guests. And live listeners, there will be a bit of a break in the middle, and the next show will start after this. So definitely stick around for that. We're going to have several hours of great content, and it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. But before we get into it, I want to introduce this incredible staff round table. I don't even know what to call you guys. You're just awesome. And some of you, well, all of you, are listeners of this show. Some of you are patrons. Some of you have supported us for many, many years. And we couldn't do this show without you. So it's only fitting that we finally get you on the show to talk about this. Some of you have actually been on the show before. Some of you are brand new. And I'll, I'll point out the wins that are new to the program. But So starting it off with this roundtable of awesome people. You've heard him on this show Several times. We, we've talked about him many, many times. You've heard him on this show, his voice, and it's great to have him back. He's a good friend of ours, Mr. Joey Mays. Joey, how's it going, my man? Absolutely amazing. I'm looking forward to talking to this epic movie with uh, you and everyone else on this panel. Fantastic. Up next, another person. You see her everywhere. She's the queen of Star Wars Twitter. You can find her at Pohot Dameron on that Twitter first, and she's just an all-around awesome person. We, we love having her on here. Miss Katie Horn, how's it going? It's, wow, it's going great now that I'm the queen. I did not I did not know. Now, am I like the democratically elected queen, or you know, was I born into it? No, no, everyone agreed. <laughs> Every single person agreed that you were oh, the I queen. Oh, I love it. Then, or maybe yeah, it was just, just me, like... and I just I just made an executive decision on everyone's part, maybe. No, I love it, because that means I'm like Padme, you know? Like, <laughs> I was 12 years old, and I was just that popular. Like, oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. It was good to have you. And uh, up next, we got our good buddy from a hype function. You've heard him on this show many times, and you always love him. It's Mr. Jeff White. Jeff, what's up, man? Hello, Ben. It's really good to be here on Endgame Pod. It's only been one year since Infinity War. I had a blast watching Endgame. And man, I am really hyped to talk about this movie with with everyone here tonight. Awesome. Awesome. And then next up, we got our good buddy from the Star Raptor YouTube channel, Mr. Chris Abbott. How's it going, Chris? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Super pumped to be talking about this movie because, honestly, I haven't been talking about it enough. Uh, last weekend at work, everybody was lame and didn't see the movie yet, so I was kind of <laughs> biting my tongue, not able to talk about it at all. So, yes, I could probably talk about it with people. Yes. Yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then a newcomer. He's not a newcomer to the IPC. You've heard us talk about it many times. He even has his own segment on this show when we do Top Fives. You've heard us mention his name numerous times. But uh, I believe this is the first time we've ever actually had him physically on the show. And it's our good buddy, of course, from the classic segment Shinda's List. We have Steven Shinder. Steven, what's up, man? Hey, everybody. It's great to be here. Um, Endgame is the first Marvel movie I've seen in the theater twice. I I loved it that much, so I'm really happy to be here and talk about it with all of you. That's awesome. Glad to have you 
with us. And as I mentioned off the top, of course, spoilers. We're not doing no non-spoiler thing. If you haven't seen the movie, what are you doing here exactly? Like, come on. Um, you know, what are you doing with your life? Like, go see it, this movie. Because um, it's amazing. Um, spoiler alert. Um, and I just say we're no spoilers. So whatever, whatever. We're just going to jump into it. And I'll, I'll go back to you, Joey. I want to get your initial impressions because you just saw it a couple days ago. And I'm curious, what were your first thoughts after seeing it? I was completely blown away. I, I, I tried to go into it without having many expectations, and I completely avoided spoilers. I, I didn't see, you know, it per, on purpose or accidentally uh, anything about the movie. So I got to go in with a fresh slate, and, you know, it just it was riveting the entire time. The, the three hours flew by. At no point was I like, wow, this is really dragging. It, everything kept me engaged. I, I loved everything. I was surprised by parts. Some parts I was like, okay, that's kind of what I expected to happen. There were, there were characters that I didn't think we would see that we did see. Mm-hmm. The way that time travel worked was just, it was uh, it was fascinating to see what they were able to do and some of the twists and turns and the emotional highs and lows that, uh, you know, it was a roller coaster ride and I enjoyed every minute of it. That's That's great. That's great. Katie, what were your initial impressions coming out of the theater? Um, well, I mean, I definitely had a lot of mascara tears running down my face. Definitely. Understandable. Did. Understandable. Yeah. Oh gosh. That the last like 20 minutes of that movie are just like so emotionally charged. You know, I, I, I kept it together up until the, the final leg of that movie. And that's when just like the dam broke and the floodgates opened, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I know for me, I, what I really wanted out of this movie was for Nebula to be okay. And for yeah. Loki to be okay, and I got what I wanted. So. You did, really? You lucked out. <laughs> I know, so everything else was just gravy. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how those two characters, they, they came, and they were really on the rocks. Like, they, you know, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, because they're not, like, exactly good guys, no. you know? They, like, oh, I was, I was real worried, but <laughs> yes. It's all coming up, Katie. <laughs> oh yeah, you're you're in luck, man. You know, you 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 got it made now. You know, you're you're Darth Maul. He he died, and then he came back. Then he died he's again. Then he came back, and then he's still here. Like so. Yeah, you know, no, he's fine. <laughs> somebody somebody up there is looking out for you. Exactly. And now, that's all I'm and, saying. And now oh. Maul is one of Ray's parents. Exactly, he's Ray's dad. It's been proven. It's fact now. Like you know, I'm just I. You're right. I am the queen because I always get what I want. Jeff, your 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 Ray Ray's parents theory sucks. <laughs> but I want to hear your thoughts on Endgame, Jeff. What what were your initial impressions? Man. Uh, theater experience aside, I did have a guy next to me loudly chewing popcorn out of his bag. That was fun. Oh, but the th- the experience aside, I I I dislike time travel in media, in video games, in film, and TV shows. And there's there's a reason why I stopped watching Legends of Tomorrow, um, and it 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 makes me gives me a weird feeling because in a way it kind of undermines everything you've done before right. because changing timelines gets all timey wimey and weird and stuff you know, but despite that despite my issues with the time travel, there were some incredible moments in this movie like there are plenty of moments where like people in the theater were. We're like, oh my god, this is awesome, and in a way, like it's a nice love letter to the entire MCU. It totally is. And there, there were just a lot of great acting, great music from Alan Silvestri, and 
of course, great visual effects from ILM. I mean, you know, they're the best in the biz. So there were a lot of fantastic moments, even though some of it was kind of ruined because Sony really wants to push out the marketing for Far From Home for the Spider-Man movie. But so it kind of spoiled it a little bit. But despite that, um, I there were a lot of pleasant surprises in this movie. I really enjoyed it, Ben. That's great, great. And I've heard I've heard a lot of positivity. And and the time travel thing, I think, was my biggest hang up. Like during the movie, I was like, okay, how are they going to make this work? Like you just ruined Guardians of the Galaxy. Like you took (laughs) Thanos out of that movie and you took Gamora, you took Nebula and you killed one of them. Like, how does this work? And the thing is, like, I the more I learn about this movie, the more I realize, holy cow, they have referenced all, I believe, 21 other MCU films. They've referenced, they even referenced The Incredible Hulk in some way, shape, or form. It's insane. They even referenced Agent Carter with yeah. the, the appearance well, yeah. of, of, of uh, what's his name? Uh, Jarvis. Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. I, I, that was my favorite cameo was, was Mr. Jarvis. So great. Um, Chris, what were your initial impressions about this movie? My initial impressions were like, wow, they actually pulled it off. Like we were just mentioning like 20, what is it? 22 films, right? In, in this entire yeah. series, right? So they're able to just like bring it all to this boiling point and this, this epic climax that just builds everything up to this point. Um, I loved how the opening shot was just like that shot in the gut with Hawkeye and you're like, yeah, we're holding no punches against you guys. Like, here we go right from the get-go. We're getting dusted, and we're going to go right into it. Um, and, and just everything, like, there's, like, again, so many moments where the entire audience I was with was just cheering. Like, you can't help it. Just awesome moments. And just, like, again, special effects and lots of comedic moments. Like, what I liked about it is there, it's a very dark movie, but there's some of the funniest parts represented by various characters in this movie um and there's lots of character development in in a in a film that has like probably 50 something characters there's still like really good closure by the end of this movie to really tie up a lot of loose ends and to make it work as as not just like um a big big fight film but like pushing the character stories to like new heights yeah that's my that's my biggest takeaway from both of these films, Infinity War and Endgame, was that they weren't train wrecks. They weren't terrible films, either of them. Like, I have mixed feelings about both of them in certain points, but, like, the way they treated these characters and the, how they wove all their stories together and how they referenced all those films from previously, especially in Endgame, is astounding that they did it and they made it work, um, which is great. Um, Steven... What were your initial thoughts coming out of the theater after Endgame? So, Endgame is, I believe, my favorite MCU movie now. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And, um, like, it makes sense seeing it now why it isn't called Infinity War Part 2 because of, like, how different of a movie it is. And it's kind of funny because, like, for a really long time, I've been saying that two of my favorite Marvel movies are Logan and X-Men Days of Future Past. Um, I know it's uh, not a, it's like a minority opinion, but I like those more than most MCU movies. So uh, Endgame felt like it was like 
a marriage between like certain aspects of those movies like there was some introspective stuff about like all the people you've lost and there's like time travel um what funny enough from like the year 2023 in both endgame and days of future past and even go to the 70s in both um and the time travel was the only confusing thing for me while watching the movie but once i like read this one article about how like their present stays the same and they're not not changing their past but rather creating new realities it makes things clearer and it makes the second watch um even better like easier to enjoy right right yeah it it in i'm looking i've only seen it once so i'm definitely looking forward to seeing the the second time because the, the first time is so weird with you know all the stuff that you you're you're trying to take it all in and this one is i haven't been this overwhelmed by a movie since last jedi and you know that's saying something because i i I'm, most of the time i'm just like okay i don't know how i feel about this but this one was just like an overwhelming experience you know emotionally you know content wise everything you're seeing was just crazy um so what i want so speaking of content and speaking of the overwhelming experience katie you, you said you got emotional in this one mm-hmm. now what 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 shocked you the most? What was the biggest shocker moment that you just made you want to jump out of your seat? Uh, was for me, uh, it the the biggest like emotional moment. Like the tears started coming, and I and I felt like I don't know. I felt like it elevated the movie for me in a way. Was definitely um, when Nebula shot herself. Oh, you know, yeah. That um that was huge for me because um. I I really have enjoyed Nebula's arc across the Guardians of the Galaxy films and then leading into Infinity War and then I feel concluded in Endgame. I feel like she really, it really, this movie really capped off her arc um, where, you know, she starts off like so angry and she's been like kind of slowly, you know, um, getting closer to her sister and processing like what happened to her at the hands of Thanos. Um, and I thought that this like final confrontation between her, you know nebula as as we know her and her past self which is just you know angry and wants to lash out you know um i thought the kind of the symbolism and the the implications of that scene were were profound and and it, it's it's bigger than a superhero movie i think has any right to be because you know i i think it's important to treat ourselves with compassion and with empathy and to be you know gentle with ourselves even when we feel we don't deserve it and uh, nebula tries she offers herself that empathy but then when the part of her that is just so angry and so afraid of thanos lashes out at gamora nebula put her down hard you know she put down that angry part of herself and was just like no i'm not gonna let you hurt anybody anymore and i thought that was that was huge i felt that when i was watching it in the theater and i was like wow this that's that's a big like i don't know that's a statement that's that's something you know we can sit around and talk about for hours honestly and i'm like and this and it's in a it's in a superhero movie you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. And just speaking directly on like Nebula's arc, like I never mm-hmm. thought yeah. like we we always knew like something like Infinity War Endgame was in it possible was coming up in the future. I right. never would have thought that 
that evil villainous character from Guardians of the Galaxy that is just totally evil, doesn't seem to be irredeemable at all, um, <laughs> would end up having like the the one of the best moments and one of the some of the one of the best arcs in this big crossover movie. Exactly. Um, yeah, she really she grew as a character across these movies. She grew and she became. I don't know. She's not quite a hero, but she's certainly heroic, if you ask me. I, I adore oh, she's her. she's absolutely. I mean, she's absolutely. an Avenger now. She exactly. absolutely is. Yeah. And I oh. always, I just, I love the fact that she was left over from the snap. I love that her yeah. and Rocket and her being with Tony and that whole dynamic. Oh. And I just. I, when she was playing uh, paper football with Tony, that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to try again. That was, that was excellent. Oh, Nebula. Love it. <laughs> That that was I love that opening scene. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So okay, Joey, what what is there a scene or a moment that just made your jaw drop? What was the biggest shocking moment for you? The biggest shocking moment that I didn't see coming was Black Widow's death. That that mm-hmm. I mean, once when they went back in time to that location, I was like, oh well, we're gonna lose someone. Uh, I just I just didn't know you know who it was gonna be, but when when two and Hawkeye and Black Widow went back there, I knew that we were in uh, for a bit of trouble. I just was wondering if whoever ended up being sacrificed, if they were gonna somehow come back. That one was the biggest shocking moment to me. That's I didn't see that coming, but the, the probably the moment that had my jaw hit the ground. And I was just in awe, and uh, you know Ben, you shared a, a meme of it earlier. It was just when you start to see the portals open. It, yeah. it just, you know, we we knew that when Hulk snapped and brought everyone back, we we knew that everyone came back because we saw um, Hawkeye get his phone rings and his wife's there. So we know everyone's back. But right until the portal started to open, like I wasn't even thinking, hey, where are all the other Avengers? Like where are all the other characters that we've been building up to that we lost in Infinity War? They're back now. Why aren't they here yet? But I wasn't thinking about it. So you know, we're seeing basically the end of. Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, like they're defeated and they're they're done. It's over. And I should have been thinking, well, everyone's going to be coming. They're back. But I wasn't thinking that. And then, you know, you hear Cap and you see the portals. And at that moment, I was just like, wow, I didn't see it coming. I should have. And my jaw just hit the floor. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're so focused on these main characters, you know, that you don't even think about that, right? Like, it throws everybody for a loop, like you're saying, like, you expect it, but you're just so in the moment, so laser-focused on on what's happening to these characters, like, they're in your dire consequences, that when it did happen, it was like, yeah, I should have expected that, but I was so distracted that I didn't. Exactly. That moment, that moment is brilliant because it's it's it, it feels, because in that moment, you're like, this is too easy. They got all the stones. They're going to make the snap. They're going to undo it. Like, this feels like something's going to happen. And something does happen. So you get the, you get it actually happening that, yes, everyone's back, obviously. You know, Laura calls Clint, like, that happens. But then you immediately get, like, you know, Thanos, like, blowing the whole Avengers quarter, you know, headquarters <laughs> to smithereens. Um, and that whole thing and just creates this chaos that you you forget about the fact that, oh, by the way, they just saved the world, um, but now they have to save it again because Thanos is here um, and he's back. Um, but, Chris, you, you brought it up. Like, was there another are you talking about this? Was this scene the big shocker for you? Or was there another scene that really really just took you off guard? I mean, yeah, yeah, this is one of them, but I would say the first one that happened in the sequence of the movie is just Thor taking off Thanos' head within, what is it, 20 minutes of the movie starting? I know. And you're just like, wait, what's going on? 
already like this has already happened. We're we're gonna be in for a ride. If this is the first 20, 30 minutes, and this is gonna get real crazy real quick. And then as soon as that happened, then it says five years later, and I was like, oh, this is this is really interesting because now we're actually seeing like the long term effect of like how each one of these characters has dealt with the disappearance, you know, with people from like Thor, he just goes into a depression. You have Captain America who's dealing with his support groups and Black Widow's trying to drum up some resistance. And you have what I love the most is is the character of Clint who becomes Ronin and he's out there just taking vengeance on all these criminal organizations like the like the Yakuza and everything in Tokyo. I thought that was a really awesome moment. Um, just that flash forward to, with that time jump for sure. Yeah, that was a big that was a big shocker. I knew there was going to be a time jump. I figured it, but when it came up and said five years later, I'm like, oh my god! Like this is they're committing to this. Like this is a big deal, and I love the fact that thing. Um, so yeah, I, just the whole idea of like living with that, and you know, you know, having a world where the world ended, and you know, there's nothing they can do about it. Like it's just they can just go on with their lives. Like so fascinating. Um. Uh, Jeff, did you have a moment that just knocked your socks off? Maybe literally. Oh, almost. Uh, it, was, it was very. It flew straight off my straight off my shoes. Okay. Um, but seeing new Asgard and most importantly, Fat Thor. <laughs> I. Because because we all know Chris Hemsworth is is a very buff he's he's a very lean dude, so to to see him as this as this fat guy as this obese guy after he's just so down in the dumps his friends are are playing friggin' Fortnite I can't believe they had the balls to put Fortnite in a friggin' Marvel movie I mean <laughs> like. That is how you capitalize that old, that old on a scene. trend. What oh. noob noob master sixty nine? He's back. He's like, and Thor threatens him. It's so great. But I, but yeah, that the only other thing I can think of is like when uh, one of them. It's either Ant Man or Hawkeye. They go into a neighbor, go into their old neighborhood, and it's just like they go in one neighborhood and everyone's fine, and then the next one. Like everyone's dead and it's all abandoned. I forgot. I, I forgot exactly what that sequence was, but that I wish that was one one of the things I wish they leaned more into was this fifty fifty split. That I know I know it's brought up quite a few times, but I wish they showed that kind of thing a little bit more. Yeah, they they kind of skimmed over like showing like what this world is really about. Like they show like the broken out, which I guess would make sense. Like you're you're you're. Wiping out half the population, like half of the world would kind of be in shambles, and half of it would be kind of be okay. And it was Ant Man that went into the neighborhood. Thank you, Chris Siegel, for correcting me. Yeah, yeah, because he goes because he's like in a neighborhood, and then he goes out. There's like a there's a memorial for the the vanished by the Golden Gate Bridge, which which I thought was like I love that they do things like that. Like that giving it five years gives them a chance to like deal with it how the real world would deal with it like yes we'd build a memorial to all the people that, that gone that are gone we don't want to we don't know how they they're gone they're just gone um so yeah i, I love that and that that scene his reunion with the, his daughter oh god that that killed me that killed me in the theater there were a lot of great reunions ben there were so many great reunions yeah, like all the great reunions. Yeah. <laughs> there's a couple. There's a couple missing in there. I, I'm I'm still missing my vision. I I want WandaVision. Maybe we'll get that Wanda in the TV vision. show now. Yep. WandaVision. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that TV show because I did not get any vision in this movie, and that's my biggest disappointment. 
Um, Steven, what's what's your big moment? What moment just blew your hair back? Um, so there's a moment that shocked me, but there's but has already been mentioned earlier by someone else. But there's also a moment that resonated with me emotionally. So should I go through both of them quickly, or just Ab- choose yeah, one absolutely, or the other? absolutely, go for both oh. of them. Okay, so thing that shocked me, Thanos being beheaded. And it's a weird thing because, like, when that happened, I couldn't help but think of Snoke and how he was handled in Last Jedi. (laughs) It's not that different, really. Right, but when you think about it, it kind of is because, like, the difference is, I mean, like you, Ben, I wasn't sure what to think of The Last Jedi the first time I saw it, but I came to appreciate it for what it was, and I still enjoy it and watch it. Uh, Snoke and how he was handled is kind of a flaw, I think, still. And I think the difference is it seemed like he was being built up and that we would learn more about his past and see more of what he could do, but we didn't, and then he's gone. Whereas with Thanos, we got all of Infinity War. We saw all that he could do. We knew his motives and like his past and all that. So the moment when he gets beheaded, my internal thought was you know what? I'm not even mad. <laughs> like, I, I honestly didn't think he'd show up later in the movie until, like, they finally showed him. But in hindsight, it's like they have to fight someone to, like, unite everyone against them. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that is the you're, – you're, you're absolutely right, and that's the big difference between Snoke and, and Thanos is that S- Snoke was, like – not really set up, but he definitely, like, everyone, including me, was like, oh, yeah, he's gonna be a badass and whatever, and, like, when he literally gets cut in half, I'm like, what What were you doing there? Like, what's happening here? Like, this is the thing. It was, like, a disappointment in the moment of, like, oh, crap, like, that character had a lot of potential and now he's gone. Whereas Thanos was, I mean, we saw his potential. He was a badass through all of Infinity War. Um, I think it was great to go in and have the Avengers expecting and, and the audience along with them expecting, oh, we're going to go in with a fight, and he, he's not fighting, of course. He got beaten. Like, you know, he barely won at the end of the other movie. Like, of course, he's not, you know, he's not capable of actually defending himself again, so they take off his arm and take off his head pretty easily. So that was a great subversion of, you know, what to expect. Right. But, and, uh, and, and, um, oh, and I was just going to say, and the moment that, um, that like resonate with me that give me a big reaction in the theater like when they showed professor hulk in the diner i was like yes and like it was i was just like so happy seeing how far the hulk has come like ever since the incredible hulk like i think that movie is an underappreciated gem because you really see how much of an outsider he is there and so it makes his journey through the avengers movies and how he becomes accepted by this new family all the more satisfying and he has like these little moments with scott lang where he's trying to make him feel included like with a picture with the kids <laughs> as awkward as yeah. that was and like giving him a couple of tacos when like he drops his taco and a couple of the other heroes are kind of talking smack about him and it's just little moments like that um really make me want to see hulk in some sort of follow-up to ant-man and the wasp like I don't know, see Tiny Hulk in that or something. Cause it, and, like, they're both characters who, 
I, I think there's this deleted scene in the Avengers uh, where the guy who finds Bruce is like, are you a big man who turns small or a small man who turns big? And it's like that kind of applies to both Hulk and Scott Lang. And so I, I it, was in a, it was a relationship I really appreciated was like kind of touched upon in the movie. And I know that there are like some people who were upset that Hulk didn't like get to punch Thanos again, but I was just happy that he got to do something that he got to use the gauntling everyone back. That was enough for me, you know? Yeah, it I think it was a nice again, a subversion of that where, you know, Hulk smash. Like we, we we've seen Hulk smash. We like we literally saw him go up against Thanos, like, first thing in Infinity War, and he lost. So, you know, Bruce Banner is is more brains than, than brawn, I guess, and, you know, that's the whole thing with his character. I like, I really, I, that would be great, actually. I think Thor works, Hulk works really well with other characters, and, you know, we saw that in Ragnarok. I would love to see him, you know, put into Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Hulk. Let that be the third hit. There, yes. there we go. <laughs> I'd watch it. Heck yeah, it would be great. It would be great. Um, so uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I'm I'm all for that, and uh, yeah, I loved Professor Hulk. I think he was more Grandma Hulk. I think he was. He, he seemed very grandparenty with his whole like you know giving him giving him That's tacos so and everything like that. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's forever known as Grandma Hulk, not Professor Hulk to me. Um, as he was wearing sweaters too, so there you go. Um, Joey, I want to come back to you for a second and talk about you know briefly what was your theater experience like? Did you have a really excited crowd? Were you the only person there? Somewhere in between? So I went to an eight forty five showing on a Wednesday night, uh, just just a couple nights ago. And it, it was pretty full. It wasn't completely sold out, but it was pretty full, especially for such a long movie on, you know, on a school night and a work night. There actually were some some children in the theater. It it wasn't overly uh, energetic. You know, I think most of that was done the first, you know, first two or three nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think I heard a lot of the crowds were were very into it throughout the whole time. But I wouldn't say it was devoid of emotion. A lot of times when a character was lost or, or made a return. Uh, you could hear um, you could hear people that they were, mm. you know, sniffling and, you know, kind of trying to hold back. Uh, the theater was quiet. Everyone was very engaged. Um, just you, you didn't get the overwhelming excitement to a bunch of the uh, times where you would expect people to cheer. Uh, you know, and I wasn't going to be the only one doing that. And my wife probably would have told me to sit down anyways. But uh, <laughs> you know, it, there, there was definitely emotion. I could definitely hear at the end, you know, the last, uh, you know, last 20 minutes or so people you know, people were uh, were, were crying. Uh, they yeah. were trying to hide it, but, you know, it wasn't working so well. It doesn't always work when you're sniffling like that. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't as exciting as seeing it opening night, but you could still tell that people were engaged and uh, were taking it all in. Yeah, yeah. I think my whole litmus test with, like, you know, noises and stuff like that is, like, as long as you're reacting to the film, I don't care what kind of noise you make, you know, as long as you're not, like, having a discussion about something other than the movie. <laughs> You know, and I love an excited crowd. And my my theater wasn't packed by any means, but there was people in there that you know you, you get some good reactions in there, and that's that's what I like. You know, when I'm sitting at home watching it, 
I don't get any of that. Like, you know, it's 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 better with a crowd. It always is. Um, Jeff, now you said mm. you had kind of an iffy experience. Here we go. Experience. Do um, so, you want to talk about that? I I would love to, Ben. Okay, okay so. The theater we went to, it was it's actually a pretty brand spanking new theater. It's only been around for a few months. I mean, it's sort of a national chain, but it recently moved to the city where I live. And so the consequences, the acoustics are not the best. So like for the first for the first like ten or twenty minutes in the film, a lot of it is trouble heavy. There's not much I seen where it's mostly quiet. And so you and of course, you know, that's where, you know, like the guy next to me started grabbing popcorn out of his bag, wrinkling his bag. And... <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, that was, oh my God, I, that was louder than the movie at some points. And it, it was, it was kind of frustrating. I mean, um, before the, before the movie began, a couple employees from the theater came out and said, Hey, if do not turn on your phones, like if you turn them on, we can kick you out. And of wow. course the guy next to me doesn't show up until after that. And then what does he do every 10 minutes? Turn on his phone and check the time. Now, granted the brightness was not too bad. I mean, he tried to aim it away from me. Um, but you know, I'm kind of OCD with little things like that. And, Thankfully, there wasn't much discussion across the theater. The only stuff I heard was, you know, your cheers. There was a big cheer when Black Panther came on the screen right around the scene where all the where Doctor Strange and everyone comes back mm-hmm. to the battle. Mm-hmm. Like there was a great cheer there. There are a couple other cheers interspersed throughout um, the film. But um, um, it, it's just, it, the experience, it wasn't bad. It could have been a heck of a lot worse. But I still think it was disappointing for the record this was a, this was the first sunday this was sunday afternoon and it was a packed theater it was full house so it it, it was very interesting that the noises i heard but but yeah it, it was still a fun movie though yeah <laughs> yeah you couldn't you know it, I, it, it sucks when you know someone is just thing I, I don't understand the, the need to check the time like, wh- why do you need to know the time? Like, the movie's three hours. Just, you know, when it's over, it's over. Like, yeah. you got somewhere to be. Like, come on. That, I just, that part me, of me think. Sorry. <laughs> that to me is the last thing I want to do is check the time because then I don't want to know how close it is to the end. Because, like, I can't, I know, especially right? for a good movie, I'm like, keep playing, keep playing. If I look at the clock, now I'm going to be like, anxious. Oh, there's only 10 minutes left. What are they going to do in 10 minutes? Like, I don't want to feel like that watching you know, the movie. I didn't realize just how important. The, I mean, I've always been polite at movie theater experience, and I try to be quiet. But I, but I've used, I've always done it with popcorn and you know, with with a drink or whatever. I never realized how more immersive it is without those concessions until the first viewing of the Last Jedi, which I had with Ben and some of the <laughs> some of the SWU guys, where we just didn't eat food at all. It was like full in. We're all focused on the movie. And that was when I realized that now I'm kind of annoyed at these people who eat their popcorn <laughs> in the first ten minutes of the show, you know, during the quiet scenes, you know. <laughs> I I never get you definitely. Session. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say you definitely can't eat during a quiet place. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that gets off real quick. They had to have like real like zombies in the theater that if you make a noise, that you you know you. you... You get eaten or something, I'm dragged away. <laughs> um, that would get awkward really quick. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't do concessions just because for one, 
it's more money, and usually tickets are just expensive enough. And plus, it's a distraction. And secondly, I I drink anything for like five hours before I went to Endgame. So like, <laughs> I, have I a, was, yeah. I have a question. I'm I'm very curious from the panel here. Did anyone use the restroom during the film? I used it once. Yeah, I had to. No. Nope. Because. Because I do get concessions. I really like to get the giant freaking sodas and a couple pretzels and some popcorn yeah. with candy mixed in. Like, I love concessions. Oh, you're a brave so, soul. Yeah, so it means I had to use the restroom. Um, when did I, you leave? I have to ask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I knew that was going to be the question. Um, for me, it was as soon as I saw Thor playing Fortnite, I was like, okay, this is hilarious. But I know, like, it's not going to be huge. I can afford to miss this, so you I know ran. What? That, that's a good. That was a good call. I think. I think. Yeah. Like, kind of. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as I was like, "Oh, this is where that scene's going." Okay, I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh man. So yeah, I, I didn't. I I didn't. Anybody else get up during the movie? Because I didn't. No, I made it through. It was it was a tough call. It, it was rough at parts, but <laughs> I, I soldiered on and and made it to the end. Even stayed to the end of the credits just to hear the uh, the the uh, clanging of the hammer and the iron. Uh, and then I ran to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah the, same. Uh, I I got up because mind you, I had to sit down about thirty minutes before the movie started. Then you have another thirty minutes or so of previews. Then another three. Oh, so geez. by the time I stand up, it's like four hours later. I'm like, wow, my, I've been sitting for a long time because my legs are feeling like jello right now. What's really bad is like you, you don't start having to go to the bathroom until like an hour before the movie yeah. ends. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to get up. You're like, well, I'm I, I'm this close. I can go so far. And then like t- the time is like the climax, and you're about to die or like to explode because it's just it's just too much. Um, so you're like, this is really great, but I gotta go. <laughs> one of those one of those old commercials. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go right now. No, okay, I'm not getting into that. Um, <laughs> All right, let's switch gears a bit and and talk more about the story. Not just our reaction, but how the story went. And this was, as in the title, it was the end game. Not the end game for the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. We know there's more stuff coming, but it was an end game for these characters, the original Avengers. It was truly an end, especially for Captain America and, and Iron Man. This was really a definitive ending, I think. I Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we never see those characters again, but... I think we will probably at some point. I think they're I think they're done for right now. Spoiler alert. You know, Tony Stark's <laughs> dead. Captain America's really, really, really old now. Um, so they're, they're retired. They're done. But I want to get you guys' take on this. And I'll start with you, Katie. All right. What, who do you think got the best conclusion in your opinion? Do you think, you know, what was it Tony? Obviously Tony died, but he, he kinda got a ending he got what he wanted he got a family he got five years with them versus cap who ended up getting his and getting a family all his own too Hmm. i think i think cap was more emotionally satisfying for me just because i guess i was really upset that i you know i just didn't want to let tony go honestly it's like how dare you sir how dare you leave me now (laughs) Um, but they were both excellent. They really were what you know what both the characters really needed. I I am having trouble wrapping my head around Caps though because I mean it felt right in the moment, but kind of on the drive home I started to feel kind of worse and worse about it because I was like one it means that he left Bucky. You know he and Bucky were always like oh I'm with you to the end of the line, but then he's like 
no, JK, I got I got a date. And then yeah. two, does that mean okay, so the the blonde whose name I can't remember and I feel really bad. Agent Cap, thirteen. Agent thirteen, yeah, who Cap was making out with. That's <laughs> Peggy's niece. Yep. So does that mean he has to watch her be born and then tell Peggy, oh yeah, I made out with her when she was older and I was younger. Like, I, I, I hey, don't... Captain America can keep some secrets, man. Okay, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I Again, like I said, it felt right in the moment. Like I was sobbing. I was like, oh, perfect, wonderful, bravo, clapping, you know. Completely, but... completely out of universe. It yeah. really is weird. It really is weird. And it's like, why did they even do that? Russo Brothers, same guys directed yeah. and wrote both those films, Civil War and these movies, and yeah. yet they tease us with, oh, he's with Agent 13, that's his love, but no, 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 they bring back Agent Carter. Right, that was, I don't know, it kind of it kind of hurts my brain a little bit, but my heart is okay with it, and sometimes, you know, sometimes that's that's all you need. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a big conundrum with, with Cap, because mm-hmm. not only is it, you know, the, uh, um, let's just say, incestual stuff going on with uh, Agent 13, and then going back and marrying her, her aunt, um, but also the fact that Peggy mentions in The Winter Soldier that she had a husband. That... Was that just Cap, and he was just hiding in the other room? Who was knows? That... Who knows? What he's like? What did he like? Superman it? Like Clark Kent? Like he was wearing glasses? Like I'm not Steve Rogers. Uh, no, it was not. It was not Cap because, um, like that was still the original timeline. But when Cap goes back at the end of Endgame, he creates a divergent timeline. And the Rousseau Maybe. brothers said in an interview that he somehow returned to the original timeline they just didn't explain on screen how he does okay right. sure why not <laughs> so, okay See, that's that's the thing that they've used to explain away all the, all of the quote-unquote plot holes in this movie that, that essentially so essentially what happens is when you go back in time you're not going back to your time you're going to an alternate dimension or when stuff happens like say loki escaping <laughs> and you know and, and then that moment i'm like what the what what is happening here? Like, I was you just, yeah. I was screaming. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know you were happy. You yeah. were happy because like he's not gonna get on that ship and get killed yeah. by Thanos. Like this is great. But I'm like this ruins everything. No, this could, this is not good. I don't but care. like, I, essentially, what happens is that is a new timeline. Loki is living in an alternate universe. And of course. Wait, but- but wait, but I thought the whole point of sending Cap back in time with the Infinity Stones and with Mjolnir was that he was going to make sure that there were no branching timelines. Because otherwise, um, Sorcerer Supreme wasn't going to let them take the Infinity Stones because she's all like, it's going to create really bad alternate dimensions. And and Hulk was like, nah, not if we bring them back real quick. And Sorcerer Supreme was like, mm, okay. Like, I thought, I thought that was the whole point. Was that I, we I'm gonna- not saying... I am not saying by any means that this is an airtight thing here. <laughs> it is not. It's definitely not. A lot of holes in it. This is a sinking ship. But yeah. oh, I think I the think logic. I, I think the logic is that you you make small changes and that creates an alternate universe. But I think if you because the Infinity Stones are what they are and they control time and space and all this kind of stuff, that if you completely start screwing with them and put them take them out of time and put them in different places that you're going to wreck the entire universe that you're going to yeah. think if you take them and then of course the whole thing with hulk and the ancient one was that she didn't trust him that you would bring it back and she's like okay strange trusted you 
you know, he did this for a reason. I'll give you this on the trust that you'll bring it back to me and yeah. fix everything in the end. I do appreciate that the Ancient One is aware of all these differences in time travel. Now, I don't know that much about Doctor Strange lore other than because I have not seen the movie and I've only, I only know it through the video game Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Right. But I think it's incredible that like Ancient One is very aware of who this modern day Bruce Banner is and what he's doing and everything that's happening in all these different dimensions. But despite that, this is kind of why I don't like time travel, Ben, because it, it makes it gets all confusing and it's like a web of things for my head to try to figure out. And it's like, ah, oh, man, that's why you need to watch the Doctor Strange movie, because in it, Sorcerer Supreme, there's a whole thing about how she can't see past uh, spoiler her own death. And so that's why she is aware of like all these alternate times. You know what I mean? She can see right. so many possibilities, but she can't see past a certain moment. And so that's why, you know, that's why she's like, I can't give this to you because, you know, at any point at, at any point after uh, Stephen Strange has the time stone, she can't see it, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I screamed when I, Sorcerer Supreme showed up. I, I, I was so happy to see her just like, yeah. on, I was on the ceiling. I love awesome. her. I love her, you guys. <laughs> I, I just, I love the continued just cameo after cameo after cameo. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's Alexander Pierce, Robert Redford. They got him back for this. Like, I was just in the back how, of my mind going, like, how did they get that actor back? Like, how do they do this? Like, this is this is just nuts. How do you feel? Natalie Portman, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So apparently, okay, so that was kind of a cheat. I think they were using unused footage from yeah. the Dark World. Yep. I think they, so, yeah. Yep, they she used did go to the footage. premiere, so that was cool. She went to the premiere. Yeah, she did go to the premiere. She was there. So that's what kind of tipped me off. I'm like, oh, is this new footage? Um, and there is a new line in there, and I think they might have got her in the booth to do some voice work. I'm not sure. Yep. That is what um, they did. But it was... I didn't notice it. Like, I have only seen Thor The Dark World once, so they could have fooled me. Um, but, yeah. like, it, it felt really natural. It didn't feel like, oh, they're splicing together footage and making it work. Like, it felt like, okay, they, she's in this movie because she shot a scene. Like, they could have said that, and I would have believed it. How would you guys feel about the time travel, like, the nostalgia? Like, about going back in time to those exact sequences and playing off them? It I, did feel like Member Berries the movie, but I thought there were really good callbacks. So I was okay with a lot of the callbacks for the most part. Yeah, I, I think I think some of some of them felt like heavy handed. Like, yeah, yeah, of course we're going back to the Battle of New York, but I think they also applied logic to it. You know, like like you have Natasha saying, "Oh, yeah, well, there's a point in time when there's three Infinity Stones in New York," and they're like, "Oh, crap!" Like that makes sense. So I appreciated that they. Door. <laughs> going back to New York was it gave us some of the best moments though, like reenacting the elevator scene. Yes, awesome, yeah. and you got to see Cap fight Cap, mm-hmm. and uh, Loki get the Tesseract. Like they, we got so much out of them going back to New York, and you know, you got Professor Hulk like being disgusted with his old self. Like, the, the the going back to New York and going back to Avengers from 2012 uh, was really entertaining. Yeah, I can do this. I can do this all day. I know. I know. <laughs> that's uh, that's why I was okay with the with these callbacks was because they had so much fun with it. You know, like Cap checking out his own butt was just terrific. 
That, that is really America's is America's ass. ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so if if, right. if they had gone back and it really was just kind of like by the numbers, I, I would not have been as into it. But they, they had fun. Like Ant-Man being all like, what are you? You didn't know they were Hydra? They look like bad guys. How about Captain America saying Hail Hydra? Right, right. Yeah. Great. Uh, oh, I couldn't take that moment seriously because of how big of a meme it's become. <laughs> and just like Jasper Sitwell is just like, huh? <laughs> oh, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah, yeah like, I... you, you know, like, and, and that's, you know, it, it, you have to imagine, like, Sitwell, like, goes back after his, like, seeing it, you know, goes to Pierce. He's like, since when is Cap on our side? Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I... I... <laughs> I actually might have an unpopular opinion on this part of the movie. Um, okay. I felt like this is where they could have cut it down just a little bit. Because in my opinion, I, I, I felt like it was a little bit longer than, than the movie needed to be. And they, they I don't know, I feel like they could have trimmed out certain parts of, of this area of the film. Do you guys, are you guys okay with that? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Because I don't know, I feel like that point dragged a little bit for me. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Joey? You, you think you think do you like the 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 the, the runtime that we have? Do you think it could have been cut down a bit? I, I'm a terrible one to ask this question because I'm usually the person who wants more. Like I don't I don't care if every movie's three hours. Like get make make right. Star Wars all the Star Wars movies yes. make three hours. Yes, That's episode nine, five and a half hours. Long. Come on, right? <laughs> I have no problem with them being long. So I mean, I understand most people want would rather two two and a half, but I, I thought everything. I, I never felt bored. You know, I, I didn't think it dragged too much. I completely understand your point that there probably could be parts cut out to, you know, make it a little bit more uh, concise. But, you know, with having only seen it once, I can't think back to the part of going to New York again in the original Avengers where you what you would trim, because there were just so many moments in there that I that I enjoyed so much uh, and, and, and different angles of the same scenes. Uh, you know, I guess you could cut, get rid of some of that, but I think it would lose some of the effectiveness. But. Yeah, I'm not a great person to ask about that because just just give me more. Keep those deleted scenes in. Yeah, I'm. I don't really want to answer that question right now, just for the fact of I only seen this movie once, and my first impression was I liked the fact that there were certain scenes that, like, just even certain shots that they they held on Captain America's face, and he just got his reaction. You just kind of gave had got to, got to soak it up and and feel what he was feeling. I think in a shorter movie, you wouldn't have had those scenes. You wouldn't have had you know these good reaction shots, these good inter- interactions between these characters. So I appreciate it from that, but I'm also like, there's probably a scene or two in this movie that probably could have been cut, but since it's three hours, whatever. Um, so I'm gonna withhold answering that question. Um, but you know, yeah, I, think... I mean, I, I might have a different aspect on this because shockingly, I've only seen every Marvel movie once, so I, I might not have the scenes like as memorized as some of you guys do for like your nostalgia for it i was just more or less like okay i kind of seen this already let's let's kind of move back to what's going on in 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 the real time world you know what i mean on the second viewing i didn't really feel like there was anything that i really wanted to be trimmed like there was a moment where like oh well, since I like saw the movie already, I knew when I wanted to like get up and go to the bathroom. But it was still a scene that I felt had a place in the movie. So I'm pretty happy with the runtime as it is. But who knows? Maybe stuff could have been trimmed. 
Yeah. Yeah. Katie, do you have an opinion on this? Um, I, I I agree in that I always just want these movies to be five and a half hours long. I just absolutely that's the minimum requirement for episode nine to, you know, achieve everything I want. And just so yeah, I, I am I, I am totally like fine hours. with that. Just please yeah. in intermission, please. Yeah, yeah. Bring back the intermission. Like movie theaters should legit do that. That you know, people would buy more concessions that way. Like, yeah, just bring back the intermission, make every movie six hours, do it. Um can can we at some point talk about that scene where all the ladies fought together? It was so good. Let's let's talk oh about it god. right now. Let's talk about it right now. Oh my gosh. So Pete. that scene that scene, it was so good. It was everything I wanted, but which like surprised me because usually I'm actually pretty jaded when it comes to like a, a moment that maybe feels uh forced. You know, I, I felt that there was a similar moment to that in the first Infinity War movie um, where it's just all like, well, we wrote in this one lady villain so that all of our female superheroes could tame up at the exact right moment to fight the one female villain. And I was like, really? There couldn't have been two female villains? There could, You know, I I felt like they they like started with what they wanted and, and worked their way backwards from there to be all like, mm -hmm. how do we get this exact moment where all the girls are in the same room at the exact same time? Like I thought I was like, eh, wasn't feeling it. But here, like literally in the theater, as soon as like, you know, they're like, she's not alone. Just that, that statement of, you know, no, none of these women are alone because they all have each other and then they all gather on screen together. I literally shouted in the theater, I ain't even mad. Like that's, <laughs> that's what I said. I said, I ain't even mad. Because it was just so good. It was like, it was fulfilling in a way. Like I never, you never get moments like that in, in cinema. You know, you, you get moments where there's six superheroes, you know, six men in a room, Hulk, Ant-Man, Thor, Tony, you know, all, all of them will be in a room talking and there's no women to be seen. And, and nobody thinks that's weird. You know, nobody thinks it's weird that women have just been cut from the conversation. And so just seeing this moment where it's just all like just tons of women on screen uplifting each other, just praise. Thank you. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I just love I just love the memes. I love the sure. one meme where it's Kevin Hart as Spider-Man, and yeah. then he's being carried by all the female Avengers. Yeah. I just want, I, I really hope that in Far From Home, he has a moment where he's like, guys, I was on a freaking Pegasus. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he would definitely say something like that. Yeah, exactly. It was, oh, it was beautiful. Oh my gosh, I love it. I will that. say... Like, um, especially after just seeing the Captain Marvel movie not too long ago, I wish we had a bit more of Captain Marvel because yeah. it seems like her character well, is yeah. very di – she's very different now compared to her movie. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have as much humor. She feels a lot more graver. Like what she's experienced has really changed her outlook maybe perhaps. Well, maybe we'll get that, that in Captain Marvel too. They, they filmed her scenes for Endgame yeah. before they filmed her movie, like before they'd even written her movie even. Hmm. So, she, you know, Brie Larson had no idea who Carol was before she was, you know, before she had to play Carol. So I think I think any discrepancies in character can be attributed to that. So, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think I, I, I was looking forward to seeing Captain Marvel in this movie, but at the same time, I understand why she wasn't in it as much. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times she would have been a, a fix-all for a lot of things and mm -hmm. you know even even when she was going up against Thanos she was I think he was they were pretty evenly matched 
but at the same time, I liked, I liked, because I, I forgot about her. I thought she was going to be on the time mission, and then she was just gone, yeah. and so I, you know, she was just gone, and then I loved the moment, like, oh, there's something coming in the atmosphere. I'm like, what? what is it? I'm like, oh, her, she's still in this movie. <laughs> it's my wife. It's my wife. <laughs> but, the eagles uh, are coming. <laughs> and it's Carol. Carol would just pick up Frodo and fly him right to Mordor. That's, that's precisely how that would happen. <laughs> I love it. But I think what one thing that I will say is like, yeah, I wanted more of her in this movie, but like she Brie Arson signed like a what is it, a twelve picture deal? Like, we're gonna see more of her. I, I think when it comes to like I wanna see the original Avengers in this movie. And I think they got the most screen time. I think it was more focused on them, you know, Captain Marvel. She's the next generation. She's gonna be leading the next Avengers movie. So I, I'm 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 satisfied that she was sidelined to give the other characters their moment. If that makes sense. Yeah. So Jake Damon in chat says a seven movie deal for Brie Larson. Ah, uh, okay. I overestimated. It'll probably be more. Probably be more <laughs> at the end of it. Um, you know, because they just every time someone on the internet complains about Brie Larson, they add another movie to her. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's, that's how it happens. That's 100% confirmed. Um, is there anyone else going to bring up a specific scene? I know there's so many scenes, but, like, okay, I will bring up one. <laughs> one that made me go, wow! It was Captain America wielding Thor's hammer. Yeah. Yes! yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh that got a big reaction from the crowd. It, I was so, Oh in gosh, the no, Avengers, in the 2012, of, I'm so sorry, Katie, in the no, Avengers okay. 2012 film, like when they're, or sorry, it was Age of Ultron, where they're trying to see who can pick up Thor's hammer. Captain yeah. America tries and he gets close. He nudges it a little bit and Thor gets mm-hmm. scared. Mm-hmm. I wonder, man, oh man, the references here. And now he's finally wielding the dang thing in Endgame, dude. For for me, it was I was in the theater and and uh, the crowd I was watching with was actually pretty subdued. Um, you know, there there were a lot of times where I was laughing, but then like nobody else was laughing. You know, like or 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 I would cheer and and nobody else would cheer, and I was like, oh no, I'm I'm being like too rowdy. I I don't know. But then Cap, you know, has the hammer. And I cheered, and the whole theater was going nuts. I was like, oh, oh finally. Finally, you guys are watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just that whole thing. I love, I love the theory, and you mentioned it, Jeff, about you know, the whole scene in, in Age of Ultron where he tries to lift it and gets close, but he doesn't. I like the theory that someone threw out there that Cap wasn't worthy at that point because he hadn't told the truth to Tony about Bucky. And because he's gotten past that, he's now worthy. If that makes sense. I like that. So, you know, essentially, you know, you have this, and Captain America is a righteous person. Like, he's generally, like, you know, like for all the talk of Mary Sue's and stuff like that, like, (laughs) you could almost throw that at at Captain America. You can't because it's dumb. Don't do that ever to any character. Oh, my Um, God. But, like, you, like, but he is this guy that he is. The world changes around him. He stays the same. He it's all about like him not really adapting but like staying true to his values. And I think, you know, he was worthy. He just had that one little wrinkle that he had to get past and now that he's there, it just the whole 
you know, seeing him wield it, it was just great. And I, the whole the whole scene with you know Thor. No, no, give me the you you take the little one and give me the big one. Again, chat's doing great tonight. Jake Damon says that that scene is very reminiscent of when Ray grabbed the lightsaber and at the end of the Force Awakens, where it went past Kylo Ren and went straight to Ray. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I didn't even make that connection. Oh my gosh, that's great. That is so great. I gotta make reflections out of that. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> I, I know, I know we have to move this forward, Ben. But I just want to say one more thing. I really right. appreciate that Captain America finally says Avengers Assemble. Yes. Yes. So epic. So epic. And he he relishes it. He's like Avengers. And he just pauses for a second. Assemble. Oh, it was so rewarding. It was worth wow. the wait, you guys. It, oh, so good. Because they're one, literally, yeah. all of them are there. They're all there. Finally. Even the Ravagers. I was freaking out. Like Even, even oh, Howard gosh. the Duck. Howard yeah, the right. Duck was Wait, in there. Really? Yes. Yeah, he came with the Ravagers like, oh. from space. Oh, I forgot to look for him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. With, like, Ant Man, uh, Giant Man, you know, stomping around. Like, oh, my gosh. That scene was everything. That was something that you've only imagined in comic books or have only seen in comic books. And for it to actually come to fruition on screen, I was watching it on IMAX especially. Like, that was ridiculous. (laughs) Well, you guys remember, you know, that that promo shot for Civil War with, you know, like, you know, our eight characters like running at each other in the – yeah, and everybody was all like, was laughing. It was just all like, that just looks like a bunch of kids having a fight in a Denny's parking lot. Like, what, you know (laughs) – they're like, come on, you know, these crossover things in comic books, like, fill up the entire page. And, you know, I could just imagine, like, the Russo brothers are sitting back all like, you wait. You just wait. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Oh, it's, it's, it, that, yeah, that, that whole scene is, is just magic. Like, it is just amazing. And from on your left, Cap to just everything about it and it ends you know with that that just like, that scene like ben during that battle there's just like scene after scene of two characters talking to each other and it's like they just they, they just met each other for the first time in a million or they just saw each other for the first time in forever and it's like a huge reunion all while they're they're fighting thanos it's hilariously awesome you know it would have made the movie a couple minutes longer I would have liked a little speech from Captain America when Thanos is bearing down on him. I was thought they were going to go to like the comics and do that whole speech thing, but they didn't. You know, I think, but I, that whole imagery of Cap totally by himself, and you—if you watch—I saw like I saw a really bad screen cap of that thing. Like the imagery of like Cap is standing in the light, and the whole army is just dwarfing him, and in the darkness, like incredible cinematography, Whoa. like. So great. And I also heard that most, if not all, the actors were actually there on set the day they filmed that. There wasn't very much compositing. What you're seeing is real when it comes to the actors. Yeah, actually, Chris Pratt put out an Instagram post uh, a couple days ago that he literally just had his phone on set. Everybody was pretty much there. It was crazy. I don't know if anybody's seen that. Yeah, I think they. I heard they were, like, taking people's phones away. Like, and apparently Chris Pratt got one through. So, uh... Um. Yeah. Definitely take Tom Holland's phone away. Definitely do that. Like all the time. Um. But uh, okay. So we're we've covered a lot, and yes, we are running out of time because if I go too long, 
um, uh, the people that are want to be up next are really <laughs> mad, specifically Zach, and we don't want to make them mad. So don't we want to give them a chance never, to talk. Never make Zach mad, Ben. Never. <laughs> I just do it every once in a while. Keep him on his toes. Um, but um, I've got a couple more questions I want to ask you guys before we wrap this thing up for tonight. And one thing that surprised me was how freaking hilarious this movie is. It's so dark, but it's also a lot of great laughs. And I'm just curious. I'm going to start with you, Katie. What was the biggest laugh out loud moment for Endgame for you? Oh, no. I, I have a bad one. My, for me, <laughs> my biggest laugh was at, right at the beginning of the movie when they show Thanos in his, like, dad sweats. Like, you know what I mean? He's just wearing, like, a T-shirt and sweatpants. I I burst out laughing so hard. And like I said, my theater, like, super quiet, quiet as a tomb. So it's just this scene, you know, this really quiet scene of Thanos, like, making his breakfast, you know, in his pajamas. And I'm cackling, just, like, <laughs> laughing so hard. And nobody's laughing with me. And then you just hear my husband right beside me. He starts laughing because no one else is laughing. And he's just, oh, <laughs> it's just, like, it's just like, laughing at me. And it's oh, just no. like, so that one, which made me laugh even harder because I was like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that was my biggest laugh was like Thanos's dumb sweatpants. Like, oh, my gosh. I, I love it. I love it when there's just stuff that's <laughs> unintentionally just stupid stuff that you start thinking about it. It's like, oh, God, why am I laughing gosh. at this? Because I have a dumb sense of humor. Like I was oh. I was no, I, it wasn't like a mild chuckle. No, I was like belly laughing, wheezing. <laughs> At Thanos's dumb sweatpants, like oh my gosh, you guys! Yeah, I shouldn't like, be allowed. Some, to... I'm someone's in the theater. It's like, can someone like? Are we gonna have to call security on this crazy <laughs> woman that's just <laughs> laughing at this scene? That's not funny. Um... <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> um, Jeff, did you have did you have hmm. a moment that just hit your funny bone like real good? Two words. America's ass. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's all. That's all you need. That's, that that is that is it. That is it. And thanks to Ant Man, that is America's ass. Because gosh, <laughs> I've had friend. I have friends who think that Captain America and Chris Evans are 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 hot. So like. <laughs> To have a moment like that, like I'm sure they were squealing when they saw the movie. <laughs> yes, this was uh yeah, if you if you wanted if you wanted that cat butt, then you got it in this movie. <laughs> um big time. Um, Joey, what was your laugh out loud moment for Endgame? Oh, there's there's so many moments. Like you said, they there's so much humor in this, which you know, the the last few Marvel movies have have really amped it up, you know, thinking back to Ragnarok and the stuff they've done with Guardians and whatnot. But there was a lot in this and I loved every moment. There's so many to choose from. I, I can think of two. I'm only going to pick one because I don't want to steal one from someone else. But uh, I think I'll go with uh, when Rocket sees Thor and he says, you look like melted ice cream. That made me laugh <laughs> so hard. I, I wasn't expecting seeing Thor like that. And then when Rocket referred to him as melted ice cream, that made me laugh a lot. I that that all of Thor stuff. I just love that they, you know, did him that way. They gave him this like just they he went from revenge to I gave up. I don't care anymore. And you know, they still like and it wasn't like I think 
I think someone described it best is that it would have been, and I know this is a complicated issue, and maybe you guys think, and we'll, we'll try to talk about this maybe later because we don't have time tonight. But one thing I hear is like it would have been maybe a bit off or fat shaming to like show him like get buff just from like waving his hammer, but the fact that they committed to it, like he was fat, but he was still badass the entire time. It doesn't matter. And yeah. it's, it's a good message. To, it's a good message to have. Doesn't matter. Still what, worthy. That that was. The it doesn't point. matter was, about your body type. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're, well, yeah. He's still the god of thunder. Exactly. And he he called the hammer, and then he's like, "I'm still worthy." That that's that's the message I took away. No, it doesn't matter his body. He's still worthy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That that's what I took away. So I I I love that aspect of it, and everything with Thor was great. And also, they brought back Korg, and I was so happy. Because I was like, he survived! Yes! He's here, and he's playing Fortnite. Didn't expect that. Um, so that was probably my my big laugh-out-loud moment. Um, Chris, what was your big laugh-out-loud moment? Uh, like what was said before, there were so many moments. So right now, I'm just trying to narrow it down in my mind. Um, I will say another one that's semi-related to Thor is just uh, seeing Korg just playing video games, just everybody's chilling. Like, just <laughs> such a weird thing to see, just this rock guy with a headset on. <laughs> just playing game. I'm just, a pile, I'm just a pile of rocks playing video games, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. And, and, and like we said before, Thor calling out the guy on the headset. Oh, that was just <laughs> hilarious. I don't know. <laughs> noob, noob master something something. <laughs> I will rip off your arms or something. He he has a really like really bad intense. threat, like that yeah. he could pick up on if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. Okay, Stephen. Last but not least, man, what, do you have just that moment that just hit you in the in the funny bone? Um. So I'm not sure if there's a moment that made me laugh the most. Like, it's hard for me to tell because there were so many that were just so funny. But I will mention one that I think is, like, really worth mentioning. Uh, Stanley's cameo, like, with a bumper sticker that says, Nuff said, and he's like, no. make love, <laughs> not war. And um, I love that. Yeah, there wasn't that big of a reaction from the audience I was with. And I kind of wonder whether most of the people in the theater couldn't recognize him or what was yeah, he like... was he was more done up in like makeup and hair and stuff like that than he usually is yeah but yeah that was a really good cameo to add in there i really enjoyed it yeah i i think that's great i think you know yeah, go ahead, Joe. I think they did with Stan Lee and Endgame what they did with Nick Fury and Captain Marvel where they digitally de-aged him possibly yeah to make him look a few decades younger you know yeah i don't know how that fits in with the theory that stan lee is playing the same character always um because like he's he's he looks he's in the 70s he looks older and then in the 90s he looks you know about the same i don't know i don't know how that works um but unfortunately that's the last cameo Stan Lee, unless they find another way to fit him in, which I'm totally game with. I'm hey, hoping that they'll, they'll they'll get him in somehow. They got Carrie Fisher in Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Anything's possible, Ben. Anything's possible. I just I think I think they'll do like you know I've talked about it on the show before, like billboards, like put him on a billboard selling something stupid. 
like or, or do something like that. Have him in the background in a picture frame or something like that. They, they could they could find interesting ways to still include him. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, um, I, I think we are about done here. We're not done totally. As I said off the top, we have another segment coming up. If you're listening in the future, it will be coming up very shortly. And if you're listening on the Mixler in the chat room right now, stay tuned. Even if the uh, music comes back on, we've got uh, currently Chris has uh, the Endgame soundtrack playing for you 24-7, seven days a week, at least for a few days at least. And uh, so after the show or in between the show, you can definitely take a listen to that. But uh, for right now, we're going to transition into final thoughts and uh, get you guys um, uh, final, uh, you know, thoughts on this movie. I I was looking for another word there, but final thoughts is really the only way to put it, so whatever. Um, And your planet score. So, Joey, I'm going to start with you. What were your final thoughts and your score out of 10? Uh, completely epic ending to the, you know, whatever they're going to first three phases of the MCU, or, you know, a, a huge exclamation point on the 22 film arc that they just concluded completely, you know, met and exceeded expectations. Just absolutely marvelous. I'm not sure they could have done it any <laughs> better. It's nearly perfect. That was not an intentional pun, by the way. Marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, the humor was great. The emotions, you got the highs and the lows. They ended some character arcs. They still have a lot of uh, great characters that they can build on in the future. And, you know, I, I I wasn't a comic book reader growing up. I was introduced to nearly all these characters through these movies and, you know, fell in love with them. And that's just the credit to um, Kevin Feige and, you know, his directors and all the writers and, 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 these, and these amazing actors that they've included in this universe and getting to see them all on the screen at the same time, just that's what they've been building to for 11 years. And it ended perfectly. I, I just, I, I can't see how they could have done it any better. And it, there, there are little qualms here and there, but I mean, it, 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 it was great, and I, I hope I can see it in the theaters again before it leaves. And I can't wait to own it so I can watch it over and over again at home. Planet score wise, nine point eight. It to me, it's nearly, it's nearly a ten. You know, nothing can really be a ten, but it, this is as close as I think I'll, I'll give, uh, I'll give a Marvel movie. Fantastic, Katie. I want to hear what you got to say. Final thoughts on uh, Avengers Endgame and score out of 10. Perfect, amazing, wonderful. I laughed, I cried, I cried a lot. <laughs> all of my <laughs> all of my favorites live again. It's going to be a wonderful, bright future filled with Loki. <laughs> I told you guys they couldn't keep him down. There was no way they were going to keep Loki down. And so, yeah, I got everything I want, which is why this is a 10 out of 10. Love it. Oh, love it. Love the high scores. Let's keep them going. I'm putting a lot of pressure on you, Jeff. <laughs> what's your I, what's your what's your uh <laughs> final thoughts? Score out of ten. This was a fantastic movie. It, it was not bad by by any stretch of the imagination. It was very enjoyable, a lot of fun moments, awesome things, a lot of it was a great culmination of the MCU, a great ending of this chapter. But despite that, the time, my personal hatred of time travel kind of took me out of the immersion and 
because of that, I don't think it's as good as Infinity War because time travel makes my head hurt after a while. And I did not enjoy that as much. It made me a little too cynical of the movie at certain points. But despite that, I still enjoyed the show. So, like, I would give um, Infinity War like a 9.5. I give Endgame about um, an 8.6 just because of the time travel aspect. I And I felt that there are just – I think there are a little too m- many characters. Like, there are sp- – but I'm there were so many references, a lot of them I didn't get because I haven't seen every MCU film. I know, I know, I'm a big disappointment. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But despite that, this was a very fun movie to watch. I might watch this again in the theaters, and I cannot wait to get this movie on Blu-ray. Nice. Nice. All right. Steven, I'm gonna go to you next. What's your planet score and your final thoughts on Avengers Endgame? So this is a movie that comes, I won't say every generation, but every eight years, I think. You know, it has that final mm-hmm. battle that feels like a victorious culmination. Like, I got that vibe with The Return of the King in 2003, Deathly Hallows Part Two in 2011, and now this in 2019, hence the eight years thing. Um, so, I don't know, better eight years later than Homecoming did, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like... I really got into Marvel. Um, I grew up watching the Spider-Man trilogy, but didn't really get into all the other characters until I played Marvel Ultimate Alliance. So this was an absolute dream to see all these characters on the big screen. And for that reason, I think I'd give this movie a... I'm going to go with 9.75 out of 10. Hmm. Ultimate Alliance is a fantastic game. So hyped yes. for Ultimate Alliance <laughs> 3, baby. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. All right, Mr. Chris Abbott, what is your final thoughts and your planet score? Yeah, so Avengers, right? I mean, it, this is the movie that people have been waiting for for like 10, 11 years. And, you know, after 22 movies, this is a big deal. I mean, just look at the box office. Like, I don't know if there's ever going to be anything that comes close to this uh i'm even second guessing episode nine at this point with how crazy this movie has done but regardless of that i mean just just the deep dive into the characters like the reaction to the loss uh the emotions um from moments of triumph with characters coming in at the last second to moments where you just felt like you know crawling into a ball and and, and crying at moments. <laughs> it really ran the gamut of what you would expect of like a roller coaster of emotions which you, you gotta expect uh, respect from something like that or like each character had their own moment to shine with all the other characters on screen really hard to be able to navigate that um the incredible set pieces with the epic conclusion of the battle at uh, avengers uh, over there um the nostalgia was was pretty off the wall exciting um but also in that regard i feel like uh, maybe there was a little bit too much fan service at points and i kind of went into like what i was saying before about you know negative would be for me at least it felt like it was a little bit too long um in that section with the time travel again which um like jeff said it was a little bit muddy for me so i I have to take off Mm -hmm. some points for that but um with that being said yeah i'm gonna have to give it a score of, of nine out of ten really enjoyable film and uh definitely gonna be hard to beat this one this year nice nice love it love it and as for my planet score you'll have to wait and see 
I'm not what? giving away too much. Uh, I'm not doing Revenge. it. We have to wait after the credits. Because, because, okay, so here's the deal. We are not doing just one episode on this film. We are doing two episodes on this film. We are doing a two-part, or tonight, and then next week, next week, I can do words sometimes. Next week, me and Zach will be back together all by ourselves. And we're going to be breaking down this movie. What a so tease. You guys got a chance to break it all down, and I've enjoyed this. This, this legitimately has been amazing. Thank you guys for doing this and we, we're halfway through this now it's not even half over now um but yeah we'll be back and me and zach will give our planet scores then and we'll tally it up and do all that kind of stuff and uh, zach does all that stuff it's not thing i don't keep scores and stuff like that <laughs> um so <laughs> so we'll we'll get to that when we get to that but before we sign up for the night of course i want to give everyone a chance to give their plugs tell people where they can find them online because all these people are awesome and you definitely want to follow them wherever they're doing stuff and I think pretty much everyone here has stuff going on so I'm going to go to you Steven Schinder please tell the people where they can find you online and what you've been up to alright so on Twitter and Instagram you can follow me at Steven Schinder that's spelled S-T-E-V-E-N-S-H-I-N-D-E-R I also have a, a Facebook author page called Steven Schinder Storytelling I recently released a fantasy horror comedy novel called Lemons, Lou, Migraine. So, um, yeah, it's about a couple groups of college students. They encounter werewolves, a vampire, a killer, and stuff like that. So, yeah, you can find more info and excerpts uh, from that on stevenshinder.com. And if you click order now on that website, it'll show you the... Amazon links to get the ebook and the paperback, and reviews are very much appreciated. That sounds amazing. Definitely, everyone in the audience, go check him out, go support him. And uh, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to do it some other time. This is your first time, but it definitely won't be your last. Um, Chris Abbott, man, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's a pleasure. Please tell people about your YouTube channel and where they can find you online. Yeah, so first of all, thanks so much for having me. I think the last time I was on here was talking about E3, lots of games. Yeah, and Well, E3 is yeah. coming up next month, actually, so yes. lots of Ooh. stuff to look forward to coming out of there. But um, yeah, my, my YouTube channel, it's been very, very busy um, ever since coming back from Celebration. I've been trying to stay afloat on top of all the Star Wars content, especially right now. We have a lot of books that have been coming out. We have Master and Apprentice. I have my review for that. Dooku jedi lost it's amazing it's this audio drama i just got done my review for that on top of the game of thrones reviews i've been posting every single week for the last season so yeah lots of stuff i've been trying to keep up on the channel you can just find out at youtube.com slash star raptor and star raptor on twitter and instagram and uh once again thanks uh for having me on here it's been been a fun time talking about endgame and i also have a review of endgame on the channel as well if you want to check that out Yes, definitely check his out. He does awesome stuff on YouTube, and sometimes awesome stuff on YouTube is scarce. So, thankfully, Chris gives some good content over there, so definitely check him out. Um, Fluffy, Mr. Jeff Wright, thanks so much, man, for coming on. Uh, you're welcome, Ben. It was a lot of fun being on here on Endgame Pod. Um, so, believe it or not, I, I also host a podcast right here on Channel 1138. And it is called Hype Function. Hype. This is a 
Thank you. This is a monthly podcast for me and and some guests, and they often rotate. Um, but every month, I talk about the things that I'm passionate about. That includes Star Wars, the video game industry, superhero films like Avengers Endgame, and music and you know, comic books and a bunch of things in the world of entertainment. Okay, so. I already have plenty of episodes that I've already aired here on the channel, so check out channel1138.com slash hype function. And over there, you can find the most recent episode, which is my Avengers Endgame impressions. I was joined by my friend, Mr. Eric Wall, and and a guy you're about to hear on part two of Endgame Pod, Mr. Chris Siegel. We had a good three-hour discussion of the film. So if you're finished listening to Endgame Pod and you want to hear more, just check out channel1138.com slash hype function. And one more quick thing. There is a new episode coming sometime this month. I'll be joined by a couple podcast buddies, and we will be talking about the Marvel's Spider-Man, the 2018 video game from Insomniac Games that's on PS4. I'm so excited to talk about Spider-Man. And yeah, thank you for having me on, Ben. I really, it was a lot of fun talking with you. Always a pleasure, my friend. Can't wait to do it again. Katie Horn, or, or should I say your highness? You better, your majesty. Your, your exalted one. Um, <laughs> please, please tell us where we can find you, because I know everyone, if they haven't already, which they probably have, but if, if for the two people out there that have no idea um, that have done the disservice of not following you on Twitter, please tell them where they can find you and your podcasts and all the other stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, come on down and follow me at Poe Hot Dameron on Twitter. It really is a good time. I'm just always on there uh, talking about Star Wars and freaking Maul. out about Star Wars <laughs> and Darth Maul, mostly Darth Maul. It's always Darth Maul. Um, or Raylo. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, of course, uh, the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary is coming up. So, of course, I'm going to have tons of things to say about that. That's my favorite Star Wars movie. It's Yeah, so my Twitter is where it's at, basically. But I also do a weekly Star Wars podcast called The Wampus Lair. You can find us at Wampus Lair on Twitter, or you can just search on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, basically, for uh, Wampus Lair. And, uh, and you'll hear us talk about a different Star Wars topic every week. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I like to have fun, obviously, because like, otherwise, what's the point? What's the point if you're not having fun? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good time. As a listener myself, I can tell you it's a great time. Go check out that show. Um, and, uh, yeah, Katie, genuinely, thank you so much for coming. Oh, anytime. It's a pleasure. Anytime, anytime. Thank you so much. All right, Joey. Joey Mays. Our good buddy. Thanks so much for coming back on, man. Always good to have you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate being included, and I'm glad I was able to uh, watch the film just a few days ago and sneak in here at the last minute. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Never thought I'd be talking about uh, comic movies. It never was my thing until, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, and just look look, look what it's led to. So it's been a lot of fun. Oh. Love coming on the show. Appreciate you having, you guys having me back. And uh, you can, if you're interested in following me on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at jmflyer1454. Uh, and you can also check out my uh, website where I host all my podcasts. It's jmnjrradio.com. Nice, nice. Definitely go check that out. I listened to your um, your little discussion. Uh, what was it? Tangents with friends. Yes, that's and you the guys did. You guys discussed. Uh, episode 9 trailer and you discuss Ghostbusters and I learned more about Ghostbusters than I ever have before in my life because you guys are experts um, so that was a lot of fun so definitely go check that out 
everyone that is listening and hasn't already. Um, I think that's about it. I think we did it, guys. I think this is it. We we did we we set the bar, the high standard. This part, this first part, panel number one is the best part. There's no way, there's no way Zach can top this. Don't you agree? Oh, completely. Definitely. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Don't get better Come than the best. We're the may as well just may as well just give up now. Just go home. You can't top this. You 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 you, you can't just, touch. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> not gonna happen. We're the Avengers and they're the Justice League. So you know. Oh, oh that's a burn. <laughs> now the the Justice League are cool in the animated stuff. Okay, so. <laughs> oh boy, we'll give them the we'll we'll give them the the animated Justice League. I suppose. I suppose. But they've got tremendous shoes to fill. But no, no. They will be great. Stick around, guys. Seriously, whether you're listening live, whether you're listening in the future, definitely check that out. Gonna have a great panel of people to talk more about this movie. Some great content. It's coming up right after this. But uh, we're gonna sign up for the night. And uh, yeah, keep on assembling or however I want to end this. Yeah, later, guys.
Hey everybody, it's time for part two of Hashtag EndgamePod right here on Channel1138.com on the Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. My name is Zach and I am very excited to be your host for part two of this awesome panel conversation. It's just way too big for Ben and myself to talk about all by ourselves, which we're going to try and do next week, don't worry. But in the meantime... There's just so many different thoughts, there's so many different ways of experiencing this movie, and there's so many different people that want to express their thoughts and opinions on this film, and so that is what Endgame Pod is all about. You got a taste of it just a little while ago with Ben and a lot of awesome friends like Joey and Katie, Jeff, Chris Abbott, and Steven Schinder all being a part of this awesome conversation. And that dialogue continues right now on part two. Uh, I'm going to bring in the first voice of the night. He's actually the founder of Channel 1138 and the station manager, program director, whatever else you want to call him. He's kind of a jack of all trades here on the station. It's Mr. Chris Siegel. Hey, guys. Now, Zach, you have a little cover story, but um, what really happened um that you're not telling people is that you and ben tried to go get the soul stone and you're the one that made it out i okay that's (laughs) not entirely that is morbid not not entirely inaccurate Uh, i'm kind of throwing a a little bit of a of a of a what it what do you what do you call it um It's a coup. I'm staging a coup. Oh my goodness! No, I'm uh, I'm stoked to be here, and I'm excited to talk about Endgame. Yeah, it's awesome. man. Yeah, man. Uh, we we kind of did something similar on on 1138 last year, where it was just just a giant collaborative conversation of probably like six or seven voices or something like that, and we were all talking about Infinity War. We called it Infinity Pod. Uh, distributed it on the IPC feed, and Endgame is just taking it to another level because we've got a total of 10 voices, not including the hosts, that are all being a part of this conversation. Uh, Unfortunately, one of them has not been able to check in with us yet, but hopefully she does uh, a little bit further down the line, but we'll still be giving her credit throughout the night as well because she is a uh, patron of the IPC podcast, Ms. Rachel Perry. Uh, hopefully she'll be able to join us, but we do have uh, a couple of other patrons joining us here on the program as well. Let me introduce you a very good friend of ours who's been on the program several times over, and he's back for more fun. It's Mr. Jake Damon. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm so excited to be here talking about this. I'm I'm so glad I have a forum where I can discuss this finally with people. There are a few people I've talked about it with off and on throughout these last few days, but I'm ready to really get into a fun conversation with a bunch of people and really spill the beans on what I thought of this movie. Dude, there's what's really funny is we no longer have to worry about the whole don't spoil the end game thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we can spoil it all we want here on Endgame yep. Pod. And it's going to be full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, watch out, because we're about to spoil the heck out of it. And to help us do that, oh my gosh, I cannot praise this dude enough. He got up at like 6 a.m. his time, probably earlier than that, just to be a part of Endgame Pod with us. And he's also a patron here on the program. He's a good friend of ours. You heard him on a lot of different discussions about celebration here on Channel 1138. And now he's with us here on IPC. It's Mr. Dan Grievous. Diggus. 
<laughs> yes, thank you for having me. Yes, so so happy to join you after being so quiet about this whole Endgame stuff, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But you know, I've been keeping quiet ever since the twenty fourth. So. You know, thank you. <laughs> Thanos been, demands your silence. You've been, you've been keeping quiet longer than just about anybody because you got to see it that much sooner. So much, yes, much, much respect on all fronts because it's coming up on, what, 7 a.m. your time now? And, yes. And you're just mm. raring to go with, uh, with endgame spoilers, discussions, and all of that. So excited to have you and excited that this conversation is not yet complete. Uh, last but certainly not least, it's a longtime listener, and now he gets to be a vocal contributor. Good friend of ours who has been on just about every episode that we post live here on Channel 1138. It's the chosen Night Wolf himself. Please welcome George Rivera. Hey, guys. How are you? <sighs> I am emotionally spent. <laughs> if I'm- oh my God. I second that. If I'm Tell being if I'm being completely honest, I've seen the movie twice now. I went and saw it again last night just to make sure that I would stay fresh on everything that transpired because it, there's just so much that happens here. And so I think a fair question would be to just go around the horn similarly to how Ben did at the top of part one of this panel discussion and just get initial overall impressions of this movie and we'll kind of go in the sequence of of the people that i introduced you with so uh chris we'll start with you what were your initial impressions on endgame wow i I thought this is a very unique type of movie um the way that they 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 ended things for this generation of of marvel superheroes in the mcu um uh, i thought it was very satisfying and i thought it was very interesting to see a movie that was so focused on just kind of being a send-off for so many characters um i thought that was very well done um it's kind of interesting trying to break down the movie as a movie because as a movie i i do have some criticisms for it but um as as a fan of Marvel and and uh, as as a, a critic of a movie that was made very much for fans of Marvel, I, I think they did a brilliant job and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in that boat with you. I'm I'm not sure if it's one of those perfect ten out of tens like it was yeah. given by somebody in the last panel. I'm not gonna name names. <laughs> But there there were definitely a lot of really awesome elements, and so yeah. definitely worth discussing, definitely worth bringing up, and uh, hopefully we get to dive into that just a little bit tonight. We got about, I would say, an hour 15 to work with and a lot of stuff to cover in that hour 15, so it'll be fun. Jake, what about you? What are some of your initial impressions of this film? Oh, man. So coming out of it the first time, I've seen it twice now. Coming out of it the first time, I mean, both times, actually, but, you know, my initial impressions were first time um just i loved how complete it made the entire marvel cinematic universe feel as well as how hopeful it made me feel for the future um it like chris said it was just very satisfying satisfying is the word i see thrown around a lot referring to endgame and i think it's absolutely accurate and correct um they did such a fantastic job wrapping up certain stories um, <clears throat> um, and just handling characters well. You know, all of the 
little interactions and conversations. You know, I, I know a lot of the fun of Marvel movies is the action. And I, I'm there with you. I'm, I'm totally there for action. But I love when a movie takes its time with characters and really fleshes out what they're thinking, what they're feeling, and makes you feel what they're feeling in the moment. I think End, Endgame did that spectacularly. Um, and, you know, obviously it's a very funny film. It's a very uh, sad film. Um, it made me feel you know, several of my emotional extremes. Uh, and, you know, not a lot of movies can do that very well. And I think Endgame did that super well. And it does rely a little bit on on how how invested you are in the universe already. Um, because if you if you go into this movie Cold Turkey, uh, you don't have a lot of the history of the characters there to to make this a satisfying conclusion you know it's just kind of things happening and you're like why why am i caring about this why why you know why is this supposed to be sad or this supposed to be uh happy in context but if you have been with the marvel cinematic universe all the way up until now all 22 movies you know it's a very rewarding experience and i came out of the movie very uh you know simultaneously crying my eyes out and um and just, you know, with a big smile on my face because I it made made my Marvel Cinematic Universe experience up to that point feel very worth it. That's a very all encompassing description, dude, and very, very, very true. I, I think the the necessity to at least see a few of some of the starring characters movies is definitely evident because, like you said, going in cold turkey you lose the context of everything that they're trying to do. Um, almost like a love letter to those previous 20-something-odd movies, if you will. Uh, George, what about you, man? What were your initial impressions on Endgame? Oh, boy. Um, it was an amazing film. Absolutely amazing. Um, I'm, I'm really... I was really impressed with how they managed to fit everything together the way they did in terms of every storyline and, and, and every character coming, coming in, you know, especially in the, in the last, in the last hour of the film. I mean, I was, I was just literally blown away. It was, it was something that, uh, that I was not expecting. Um, there were several moments that, um, I mean, I was laughing, I was cheering, I was crying. And, and this is, this is only off of my, first time seeing the film i've only seen it once and uh i'll tell you it's it's what what they've done with endgame in terms of scope characters box office everything will never be equaled again in our lifetime i think see you you say that and now i just hear people like benioff and weiss who have their own uh, star wars series coming out soon going challenge accepted Hmm. Well, well, I mean, they. But the thing is, they don't have. I mean, yeah, Star Wars is a totally different animal. Whereas, yeah, with, I mean, it's a wampa. <laughs> with with Endgame, you've got a twenty-two movie franchise that has led up to Endgame, and that has literally led up to this one film. What they've done with it is incredible. I mean, I. To be honest, this one's definitely coming home with me when it comes out and when it comes 
on on, on Blu-ray through the Disney Movie Club. Easy. Uh, no so, doubt. No doubt. I, I, I double-checked, and I think The Incredible Hulk is the only movie on the MCU that I don't have on disc currently. And uh, I do that for personal reasons, but everything mm-hmm. else is, is on disc. And this is definitely going to be one that's Blu-ray. I'm going to get the digital download so that I have it on the go. This is just one of those that you don't want to be without, at least in my opinion. But let's get the opinion from uh, from across the pond. Uh, Dan, what were your initial impressions on this movie? My initial impressions were... I had no initial impressions. I was speechless. I was just walking out of the theater with a bunch of, you know, Bulgarian celebrities just were like this. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, 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 it's like era 404. It's like I was era, era 404ing and I was just wondering what happened. It's like such like words that I would say would not justify what I saw. Like in terms of a Marvel spectacle, I never thought I would live long enough to see something like this on the big screen. And that would uh, actually cause several major emotional reactions that haven't I haven't had since 2005 uh for for those who know what movie came out in that year that's uh, a big compliment especially the whole you know big moments in in the movie that happens especially the biggest one that I just I cried with joy and uh yeah uh in terms of a, as as a movie as a whole especially as a time traveling movie there are some issues that i have with a lot of things like rick and morty and terminator but as a marvel experience that has led up all to this and paying off to tribute to all things from the dark world to things like like <laughs> minor characters from they even had nods to agent carter which made me so happy so i'm just i was speechless and at the same time i i i'm looking forward to the future very much there's definitely a lot about this future to look forward to that is for sure uh i think it was touched on just a little bit that the, the absence of captain marvel in this movie was more or less with the intent to continue introducing her to the universe but also allowing her to become one of the leaders of this next generation of marvel films and i think the timing for that was actually really really well done because you got enough of her to kind of bring her into the fold and bring her into the scope of the avengers as we know it but also give the proper screen time to the people who probably needed it the most, the ones that we're trying to get closer to their characters for. But even with a three-hour movie, screen time was, like, a definite thing to address. So let, let's touch on screen time for just a second, and I'll open this to anybody. I'm not going to ask anybody in particular. What did you make of the screen time for the characters you were going into... Uh, uh, looking for like for me my characters i was looking for were like spider-man and um star lord and captain america those were like some of my favorites and the screen time that they got ended up influencing some of my perspective on the film a little bit. did that happen for any of you guys with some of your characters i think that the the screen time was managed very brilliantly 
because they had kind of multiple tiers of characters. The first tier was the characters that we're saying goodbye to. And I felt like those characters had a lot of screen time throughout the film. And there was a good amount of time to develop their their individual stories. And then uh, the, the next tier of characters is the characters that we're not saying goodbye to that we're going to see in future films a lot. And they did a good job of including them at various points um, and doing a little bit with them to keep us interested in what's going on with them, too. And also tying in, you know, their audiences and newer audiences into the story that very much focuses on the older characters. And then finally, I thought that the screen time was good for cameos from just lots of random characters throughout the past 10 years of Marvel films as well. Um, so uh, I, I think through and through, the only character that I was hoping to see that we didn't um, was Agent Coulson. I was hoping they'd figure out <laughs> some way through all the time travel or something to put him in, but you know, it just didn't work with the way that the, the plot was set up. There was really nowhere where they, they could add him, um, which is unfortunate. But with that being said, there's so many characters in Marvel, and to have every other major character pretty much in all of these films represented in some way, either be in the present timeline, having them show up, or seeing them in a flashback or a version of them in a flashback, like how we saw how we saw um, the Agent Carter Jarvis in a flashback, even though yeah. we didn't get any vision anywhere. Like that was great. So I, I thought it was balanced well, and I was I was pleased with it. I mean, yeah, I I think the character that I was most looking forward to seeing was Cap, obviously, because I'm, I'm I'm a big Cap guy. I love Captain America a lot. I love what they've done with the character. <clears throat> um, and in that regard, I wasn't disappointed at all. I loved his arc throughout the film. Um, and, you know, that ending they gave him was just amazing. It was everything that I hoped. Well, like the, the big two things coming out of Captain America, the first Avenger, which I think was my first Marvel Cinematic Universe experience uh, in the theater anyway, was I wanted to know what happened to Red Skull and I wanted to, I wanted to see him and Peggy together. And mm. Infinity War answered the question about Red Skull very satisfyingly yeah. and this one uh, answered the question about will he ever get with Peggy uh, in such a beautiful way. And um so yeah, Cap definitely, and uh, I, I really wanted to see a lot of Thor. Wasn't disappointed in that regard at all. He was hilarious in this movie. Um, I love uh, Fupa Thor, uh, and then uh, I, I really, based on the um, marketing, you know, I knew we'd probably get a version of uh, Professor Hulk, and to see what they did with him in this was really amazing like i loved the motion capture work they did with him he was very funny this is definitely my favorite version of hulk i think and uh there was a lot of them in this movie which i thought was uh very nice and um besides that you know i think those were my uh those were the characters i i really wanted to see a lot of and the rest was just extra um I thought the stuff we got from Tony Stark in this movie may have been some of his best performance in in any uh, uh, any of the Marvel movies thus far, um, besides maybe Civil War or like Iron Man 3. Uh, I thought this was his most realized version of Tony Stark. And also, I, man, with Tony Stark, or with any of these characters really, just like looking at where all of these characters start in their movies at the very beginning and where they end up, they really 
the 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 people who have made these movies and it, that's saying a lot because it's like there's so many people in charge of what happens in these movies they've created such clear paths for these characters from beginning to end and i can just tell and you can feel on the screen that the communication between all these creators uh is very strong and they know what they're doing with these characters they have a good plan for it because um you know the arcs are there and uh, it, following the characters and the rewatchability factor is high because you're following something. And it was just really cool to see, see that happen and, uh, end with, uh, in, with the end game. Well, I have to say that I was the most, I was looking forward to seeing in this movie was actually who survived the snap, especially, People from the beginning of Infinity War who I was not sure we were ever going to see, but I was so happy to see when they popped up in New Asgard. And I just, they got a resounding yes when I saw that, especially when they were playing uh, a certain game that I'm not sure if I have to mention because I have a mixed relationship with that game. But uh, especially... uh, just seeing Korg and Meek again and uh, Big Lebowski Thor because I think that was my favorite part because I loved Big Lebowski and especially Thor was handling so much Jeff Bridges' character for that movie. It was just so beautiful and especially when he was like like uh, Jake mentioned, the fupa was so magnificent on Thor. We've, we've got to know that mu- those muscles for 10 years now and to see Thor on his down on his luck and being made so relatable was so, so unexpected and made me so happy because they've turned this character all like on, on his head directly and just made him so much more relatable, interesting since Thor Ragnarok, my favorite movie, by the way, from the MCU. And seeing all those characters get enough screen time, because usually that's what all uh, ensemble movies suffer from, is not giving everybody enough screen time. But somehow the Russo brothers managed to do and give everybody enough screen time to shine, even the insignificantly small characters that you fought were forgotten like mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't expect them to have uh crossbones or sit well or even uh you know peers uh, just i was just so blown away that they managed to give them time to shine especially give them especially the beautiful hell hydra moment in the elevator which i just it's like oh that was so clever ah it's like and <laughs> they gave those characters time and you just and they like and especially because if you've watched every movie and watched over and over and you've invested time and you know all these characters and not just like, the, oh, what was that uh, lady's name? Oh, who's that guy? Oh, it's like, but when you know these characters with their first names and backstories, it's like, it's so, it's, it's so impressive. It just, it makes you so happy because that's usually what worries me. But I, I'm, I came out of this movie saying, yes, every character, especially the big six, got the the time they they deserved and the resolutions they like yes some maybe i didn't expect this i was just shocked at some choices but everybody got what they deserve and the time that they had was good enough for the fans in my opinion Mm -hmm. anything to add george well i you know i think for me i guess one of my biggest things is i think i actually no i know that it was the best 
twelve fifty I've spent at the theater so far this year. Wow. And I saw it on opening night at 6 p.m. in uh, the MPX Theater down at our local Maya Cinemas. Really nice. Really nice. I don't remember how much I paid for my ticket because it was in 3D, so it was probably over 13. But pretty much as soon as tickets became available, I was looking for, you know, opening night at my favorite place. Uh, Chris can attest to this. My, my, My favorite local place has some really nice seating arrangements. And they uh, they have uh, reserved reclining leather seats, and mm-hmm. I was just in the lap of luxury <laughs> for this movie, which was so much fun. Um, they they talked about the ambiance and and the fan experience in the last panel, so I'm not going to touch too much on that. But we did have a lot of comments during this talk about uh, uh, screen time in reference to certain characters that we enjoyed seeing when they got time on the screen. Obviously, Cap and Iron Man, Thor, uh, I think, Jake, you mentioned uh, Professor Hulk a little bit. Let's go around and talk about who who stood out to us the most, like who our favorite characters were from this movie. Just kind of carry on that momentum a little bit, because there's definitely a lot to choose from. For me, Iron Man and Captain America, definitely. Um, Thor was hilarious. Um, like I said... Dude, Thor abides. Abides, <laughs> <laughs> yes. man. <laughs> Let's see. Who else was I looking? Was I really had made an impression on me? Probably, probably Clint Barton. That's true. Our turn as um, oh Ronan, Ronan. Yes, Ronan. Thank you. As you know, his his turn as Ronan was wow. I was not expecting him to go that dark. I mean, knowing what he went through, I can understand why, but it still was really, really shocking. Um, seeing the fight that uh, Clint, Clint and Natasha had on Vormir was insane. When she, when they were both hanging off, hanging off that ledge, and she's like, "Let me go." I mean, that made me tear up. Just, he's like, no. And I'm like, she's just like, let me go. I, I was, yeah, there were several moments where I was, where I was crying. Definitely some tear jerkers in this movie. And when we'll get to, we'll get to that in, in just a second here, but to carry on the momentum of talking about screen time and, uh, and characters that we enjoyed seeing mm-hmm. Jake, I feel like you definitely enjoyed seeing a lot of different people in this movie. Yeah, I did. I mean, I Captain America, I could talk about him for ages, but he like, I don't know. He, he's he represents the best of the Avengers. And, you know, I I don't know, maybe even he represents the best of humanity as a whole. But he he. Going back to the first Avenger, he just had such a um, selfless heart even before he got the serum. Like I, I don't think the serum is what makes him a superhero. It's the the fact that he puts others before himself and would uh, defend his friends, and he's very loyal. And to to see that scene where he's standing by himself with the broken shield in front of Thanos and his legions. Um, on the the wreckage of what used to be the Avengers compound and and it's just him and he he just tightens his shield 
you know that that gives me chills just thinking about it um but yeah what they what they did to to end his story you know when uh when he goes back in time i i love i love the whole sequence at the end where where he gets on the time platform and he disappears and he's supposed to come back in five seconds, but no, 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 no. He goes way past where he's supposed to go. Uh, yeah, he puts all the stones back, presume, presumably, and Thor's Thor's hammer. Um, but but you kind of know right then. Okay, I knowing Cap, knowing that this is the end of of his story, you know, possibly. Um, what do you think he did? And uh, I just, I love how Sam is like concerned. He's like, bring him back, bring him back. And Bucky, he's just like calm. And there's a few context clues in that scene, which make me think that Cap told Bucky what he was going to do. Um, cause he, cause Bucky goes, I'm going to miss you, man. And, uh, and it made me think, wait a second. <laughs> so, and then they pan over and it's uh cap on the bench and it's just it's beautiful i am a sucker for time travel stories and when they're done right and in uh you know it can it can make a story really beautiful i i love doctor who for that's one of the many reasons i love doctor who's because there's so many episodes like that where because of time travel somebody was able to do something and it was a great like plot twist or story and it makes you think about it forever that's the feeling i had when i watched the end of this movie and just the fact the the end scene is them dancing in the house. Um, and I love, and nobody talked about this that I've seen so far, but the when when the camera goes up and shows the outside of the house where Peggy and Cap are dancing in, the door is like a jar. And what, what, what I think happened is like Cap walked in and, and uh, Peggy was there. And that's actually when they first see each other. It's not like he's been there for days and days. Like he walked in and Peggy saw him and he explained what happened and nobody was thinking about shutting the door. And then, you know, they probably talked for whoever knows, who knows how long and just, you know, they danced and, uh, man, it was just so good. So, so good. Cap's storyline is definitely one that they gave a lot of attention to and rightfully so. I mean, Chris Evans has been with us for, you know, so so many years and has given us so many memorable lines so many memorable moments uh to to give us that much memory at the end of 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 all things was really impressive dan what about you who was a character in this movie that really stood out to you that you enjoyed watching their story unfold well like i mentioned i did like thor a lot but his story was is not over it's like I feel like we got closure with Iron Man and Captain America and like Jake perfectly summed up what happened with Captain America. It was beautiful, especially I, I love Peggy Carter and seeing mm -hmm. her reunited with Cap made everything so, so satisfying. Just I was so happy. It's like, oh, they're finally together. Thank you. Thank you. Because as especially after they ended Agent Carter, I thought was like, no, and I'm never gonna see Peggy Carter again after Winter Soldier. No, mm. and and but Iron Man, like the whole thing they did, all the emotional stuff that they do, the most touching stuff, the most risk-taking stuff, because especially with, especially because they do that horrible, horrible five years later review, and then they have 
Tony have a daughter, Morgan? It's like, oh my goodness, this raises the stakes and this makes him even more reluctant to join our main cast because he has something to lose now even more than he did before with Pepper. And seeing him just give his life at the end and just bring it full circle with the I am Iron Man moment. It's like, oh, just just, uh, just chills. I got chills at that moment, and I just feel that his arc was complete, and, you know, I know that some people love Iron Man 3. I am happy that, you know, that there was an art to that movie here, but I feel that, like, his arc was complete. Like, his his journey through all these movies with ups and downs, learning the past uh, mistakes of his allies, namely Bucking Barnes and stuff, was so good. And especially... Like, I think that he did, Tony, Robert Downey Jr. did such a great job portraying the character. It was it was the best performance of his time as Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't care for Iron Man 3 because that movie does not exist for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I will say, I, I brought that up. I don't really like yeah. it as much either. Um, but I think his performance in there, dealing with all the PTSD stuff, I thought that was good. Yeah, uh, that that is true, but uh, I don't like that, that stuff. But the thing I really happy that they did was also bring back the the kid from that movie that was all grown up now, mm. and he was also here. That like another character that I did not expect him to bring back. And mm-hmm. as a villains guy, I'm also happy that all the villains, like like Marvel, managed to juggle all these villains without it blowing up in their face, mm-hmm. which like. The main characters, like as I said, uh, Tony Tony Stark. But for the minor characters, I'm so happy that everybody got their fair share, and just made me so happy. Especially, like like you said, Red Skull, like Pierce and 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 Crossbones and Thanos. We even got a little glimpse of the people who died in the last movie, all the children of Thanos. So, mm-hmm. like we even like if you notice when they dust away, like you see uh, Corpus Glaive. With uh, Proxima, Proxima, Proxima Midnight, just like uh, being together as they dust away, they're holding each other. It's like even like little touches like those just make you so so happy with and so satisfied with every character moment in this movie. And just I don't think we'll ever see a more perfect movie that balances so much in so little time because mm-hmm. what we got in this movie could have been spread out in like five episodes of a miniseries like maybe two <laughs> yeah. hours each and they all managed to do it perfectly like i i just i'm speechless i'm still speechless i i i don't know how to word my review of this movie perfectly without going into major spoilers and just geeking out about every little thing like i'm doing right <laughs> now but like uh just tony stark man just uh, like ending the, the especially that that quote of, i mean like oh we're going to be okay now you can rest now like we're going to be okay you can rest now it's like oh stop you're gonna it. make me cry right now man no. <laughs> i know it's like oh, it made me cry it's like that. that 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 when he like, died i was oh. crying i was i was literally like i was te- like i was water falling my eyes out <laughs> and i was like like that and the big like big epic scene oh like that that's what they do they that's what other franchises 
do not manage to do with superheroes what they managed to do here. Like they made these characters a part of our lives, like Iron Man since 2008 to this to this day until April. He was a part of our lives, and to see him go made me so emotional that I'm just I'm, and I'm happy how he ended because. Marvel stuck the landing. That was a big concern, and a big concern with other movies that they that directors cannot stick the landing with their last movie that you know ends a trilogy, a saga, or a, a, a twenty-two movie journey. Mm-hmm. And they stuck. They stuck the landing with every single character, even Red Skull. Kudos yeah. for that. Oh yeah. Uh, Chris, we've gotten a little bit of Thor. We've gotten a little bit of Cap. A little bit of Iron Man. You going with the crowd here with uh, with our character uh, discussion? Well, I or... mean, it's hard. It's it's hard to not say that you know this movie really belongs to Cap and Iron Man because it does. I mean, yeah. this is. Um, but uh, I, I'll, I'll to just add some new stuff. Um, I mean, I thought it was interesting what they did with uh, Gamora and Nebula in this film because that's a little bit of a side thing that you know we didn't really need and you know weren't expecting necessarily them to go into as much as they did and they did and it was good because it involved more of the guardians characters into the film which i think is fantastic and i think it's it's kind of interesting how you have uh the past versions of nebula and gamora and the past version of gamora is still still a hero and so that was interesting how they showed that and then um but the past version of nebula is still a villain and it was interesting to see two nebulas at the same time in their interactions with each other so that was a little that was a little bit of an interesting thing i i think that that there are a couple of things that that made the time travel really really worth it and that was one of it one of the things and then the other thing was um having uh Tony go back in time and meet his dad like that was also mm. really really interesting um so uh, yeah I liked I liked those scenes as well um when they were going back in time and the way that it, it added some interesting character dynamics I I love that scene in the elevator when Howard Stark says yeah we're expecting and Tony just kind of stares off into space like as smart as he is he can barely contemplate the fact that they're expecting me <laughs> 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 it was it, it, it was kind of one of those moments where you're like wait a second i exist but i don't exist <laughs> exactly like that if 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 there was ever an opportunity for you to have an a, a literal existential crisis <laughs> it would have been right there in that elevator <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly what that look was existential crisis it, yeah. it was like it was like a momentary existential crisis but uh was, let's uh, huh? that... i'm sorry what what scene was that? I don't. I, I'm kind of going through. So going. when when Cap and Iron Man travel back to the 70s, and then uh, and then Tony Stark ta- starts talking to his dad um, when they're in mm-hmm. the basement there, and then they I... go up the elevator, uh, and Howard Stark has Howard. some flowers, and uh, Tony asks what they're for, I think, and then oh, yeah. Howard okay. just goes, "Yeah, we're expecting." Uh, right. Okay. I I, I got you. Yeah, it's kind of blink and you miss it, but... Well, this whole movie can be a series of blink and you miss it kind of sequences. Yeah. 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 I'll I'll also say there's so many other characters that I could talk about, but I just, I I don't know, I felt like focusing on Cap because his his arc kind of had the most effect on me, but... Well, I mean, it kind of almost goes back to 
Captain America Civil War where you're kind of either Team Cap or Team Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they were they were pitching that hardcore three years ago, and it still is kind of relevant today. I would say it it, it's pretty relevant. This this concept of have you been following Tony Stark's storyline since 2008, or did you kind of jump on the Captain America bandwagon because you liked the Stars and Stripes that was on the promo and the preview and stuff? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think in some regards, and and maybe. It's because I'm from the States, but Captain America just sounded hella patriotic to me. <laughs> like, way more than Iron Man did. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I kind of jumped on the MCU bandwagon because of Captain America. And then I just stayed on be- for the fan fiction of Captain Texas. Oh, I'm <laughs> Team Iron Man all the way. I'm sorry, I just can't. I can't stand with fire, with Captain America. No, Iron, <laughs> Iron Man was right. Zeva was right. Just no. No, Captain I totally America. disagree. Yeah, there. Well, there's always two sides to a debate. Like, <laughs> like, uh, I know. Just, I mean, they did make Iron Man into a villain in that movie, basically. But thankfully, the latter movie, the later movies, rectify that and just made him into a hero again, because usually Iron Man is the one that has doubts, even though Cap has a lot of reason to doubt and hate everything, because like everything has been turned against him, especially with the fallout after the Hydra takeover of S.H.I.E.L.D. and mm-hmm. the betrayal by Bucky and like all those things. He still looks like optimistic. He, that's, that's, that's the thing about Cap- Captain America. He's always optimistic. That's what Make him makes him such a symbol, such a great character for everybody to follow and admire because he is the symbol of optimism. The even at the darkest moment, there is that like Leia moment, like 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 that. Like if you don't if you don't think that like uh, hope is gone, if you just think that everything is gone, and then then there's no like. That Leia quote from the Last Jedi. I'm I'm blanking of the that beautiful quote that she uh, that she said about hope. That was like um, if hope you it, hope it, hope is like the sun. If you're not focusing on it, then you'll never make it through the night or something like that. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That's it's like that's the same practice. That, that same state of mind as Captain America. But mm-hmm. again, I can't help to relate to Iron Man after all the horrible things that have happened to him and mm-hmm. like. I cannot excuse Bucky Barnes for what he did, and especially, especially after what happens after that. But that's another question, like because Iron Man represents another part of that. But thankfully, that's a whole another discussion. We're not here to discuss civil war. We're here to discuss the great. Maybe one day we will. I would love to, but civil war. Yeah, (laughs) like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor. Natasha, like Black Widow, and Hawkeye, and Professor Hawk, they all got their epic moments, and around them, all the characters connected them. I was surprised all the characters they got back. But, you know, there's always two sides to every debate. But in the end, everybody ended on, on good terms, and some characters were laid to rest, and we all cried. So one of, one of my personal favorite moments of the... the everybody being on good terms again was when 
uh, Tony pulled up in his car at Avengers headquarters and Cap is outside and he's brooding and contemplating life and what they're going to do next. And as they're having their conversation and, and Tony's kind of extending an olive branch, at one point he says that uh, it turns out resentment is corrosive. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. Burying it's, the hatchet. It's like his way of saying, you know, not not only is the the resentment, you know, he I, I feel like he was talking about a different type of resentment, but he was also like using that to umbrella the resentment that he had towards Cap as well. Mm-hmm. And so he he was using it in a very broad general term, which is kind of the opposite of the way Tony usually speaks. He's usually very specific and uses very fancy terminology in order to kind of baffle everybody. But in this context, he used very broad strokes and Cap was able to read between the lines. And, you know, when they shook hands, it wasn't just like making an agreement for how they're going to conduct time travel. That shaking of hands was like a monumental repairing of the bridges that yeah. were burned three years ago. And so, you know, Dan, I don't think it's irrelevant to to talk about Civil War in this context because essentially this movie helped end the Civil War and, yeah. you know, bring peace to the universe after several years of turmoil. Absolutely. Just I couldn't agree more. I mean, I know I'm on, maybe on the wrong side of things, but... <laughs> Seeing them so happy together and just, do you trust me? And like, always. Like, uh, that just, ah, uh, that prepared their friendship and my heart. So, yeah. <laughs> it so was happy. It was really, it was really great to see. And, you know, I, I just realized that last panel, I, I'm sure they touched on it a little bit, but I don't think they dedicated an entire question to it. So we're going to do something completely different than what these guys did. Because, um... This this is this is something that's been nagging on 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 me a little bit, and after seeing it twice, it still bothers me a little bit. Mm. Um, the time travel element oh. Mm. Oh. was Back to the Future really a bunch of whatever? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh but, yeah. Can, can I can I answer this? Can, at least, can I go on, first? Man. Bring it on. Floor is open. Okay. I was going to say this. I, 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 it's like, oh, 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 yes. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> okay. Now, why I think Endgame is not as good as Thor, Thor Ragnarok is because of all this time travel stuff, especially because of Captain America. Because, <laughs> like, they make it, especially, like, uh, we didn't brought up, bring up the other great minor character moment. The ancient one was here. I was so blown away they managed to fit her in. Uh, but she did say that, like, you have to bring all these stones back. Things have to be put back in a specific way so everything makes sense in the future. But the thing is, there are a lot of paradoxes that get created because of Thanos going into the future and Cap staying in the past. A lot of things get older and just a lot of things that Back to the Future also tries to ignore but tries to make us forget, and yet... Especially some of the things that, uh, like, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody, but, like, Thanos going into the future means that Thanos does not snap people in the past. Then Cap goes into the past, and if he lives all through everything and he does not intervene, he knows about Hydra, he knows about Red Skull, he knows about everything, and if he goes back and ignores all that, 
it compromises his character, which is weird. But uh, like uh, paradoxes, that's that's the little minor 0.5 percent like out of the score I would remove because of all the paradoxes. Like, ugh. <clears throat> I like, ugh. I I could be wrong here, but I I think based on the rules of this time travel that they set up in the movie, I don't I don't know if time paradoxes are possible in the way that they're using the time machine because. I mean, unless oh, I got to think about this, but based on what the ancient one says to Bruce Banner, the when you go back in time back. and you remove a an infinity stone from its rightful place, it automatically creates a branch off universe. So anything mm. that happens differently, like the events that we see when they go back to to uh um the the first avengers movie um obviously a bunch of stuff happens kind of differently there captain america fights himself you know it's not like captain america after of the avengers remembers fighting himself like where did that guy come from that was weird it's because that was this completely different timeline you know and i think that's the one timeline where something different does end up happening because loki does t end up taking the cube yeah. but they go back even further to the 70s and take the cube but anyway captain america puts them all back so it almost doesn't matter anyway and i think the only thing that happens where they go back in time and they actually stay in their own timeline is captain america because he puts all the stones back and I think he gets old and he just stays getting old. So during all of the MCU movies, there is an old Captain America yeah. out there, you know. But I, I don't know. That was that was my take. It yeah. took me two viewings to fully understand, I think, what, what happened there with the time travel. Two things, like, I, like especially the getting old part about Captain America. I was thinking that we never, ever heard <laughs> or saw Peggy Carter's husband. And w going back and watching those scenes with Peggy talking about her husband, now I think she's talking about uh, the Cap. I think yeah. she's wow. talking about Captain That's America. Totally because makes sense. She, she never meant. I, I always thought it was like the guy from Agent Carter who's like uh, played by us. I think was a Serbian actor. I'm, I don't remember his name. It was like a character from the show. Yeah. But another thing is, like, yes, you have a point about Cap, but he. Is absent like he I, I don't know if Captain America's nature will allow him to stay out of everything that happens in the future. But the thing that really drives the time paradox problem home or in, in the wrong way is Thanos dying or at least being dusted because the, the past Thanos does not exist anymore. So he, nobody makes the snap Nobody does all the horrible things that happen, and Natasha never dies, and and Gamora never dies. So it creates this incredible, endless loopy loop 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 thingy that uh, I'm amazed. Usually, Rick and Morty try to resolve or explain or justify <laughs> or leave or, it to Rick and Morty, man. Yes, because they do it. I mean, they do it incredibly, and sometimes like they uh, justify with a joke, but here. Like he, I think it would have been better if Marvel was staying away from their tendency to just kill off all their villains because they have such a vicious nature. Why do they kill off the villains? Why? It's like <laughs> if they left Thanos live and have Cap drag his sorry butt back to the past, it would have been better. It would have made sense because it 
it he would have left Thanos there because like Thanos was all about yeah destiny that's my destiny I, my destiny is to lose fine I'm gonna go there if that's my destiny fine I know he might have gone against his word but if they send him back he creates the snap and all the events transpire as they did yeah yeah just something to think about Chris George any input I mean I liked I liked how they did the time travel thing like I didn't think there were any paradoxes or odd parts to it like i i wasn't thinking enough that to, to you know poke holes at yeah, the way sure. that they did it so yeah no i i was fine with it um and uh, i liked how they kind of made it a little bit more complicated by you know everything not going according to plan in new york so then they had to jump back again mm-hmm. so like i thought that whole concept was really interesting so I like that. Um, and uh, I think the one thing, too, that the way that they did it afforded us is potentially the plot of the Loki show that's going to be on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. Yeah, I think that was a great, um, no pun intended, gateway to what yeah. they could do. But that's oh, that's going to take place in i don't want to bring a downer point i don't i don't be like i don't want to be the guy who brings down the, the show and being like oh no the the movie's horrible it, it ruined time dan hates marvel <laughs> ah, no no i'm not a dc fan no, no. <laughs> oh my god no no uh no oh, sorry no. uh i just want to say that maybe what I, the only thing that I can find, because I, at the moment when I was look, watching this and crying and ma- sobbing and laughing and crying and sobbing, I was being a mess. Uh, the whole thing that made me happy and f- like a little glimmer of hope is that everything that happens happens in multiple different universes. The multiverse thing that DC and Murphy going to try to uh, touch upon. But I think everything that happens after one point in the movie, it's all different timelines. It's all different, uh, like, it's not the same timeline that we, uh, like, uh, same universe that we ended up in the first, like, hour before they started time traveling. So I think it's a totally different place, different universe, in my opinion, maybe. Like, I don't know, in, in my opinion. Like, the Loki show is not going to take place in the same universe where Captain America went to the 70s. Mm-hmm. I I feel like this movie is going to be something that especially the time specifically the time travel aspect is going to be debated for years. Oh yes, but it doesn't ruin the movie in my opinion. If you no, watch, no. enjoy it. If you enjoy it like like I did, I loved it. Mm-hmm. But if if after the movie you start nitpicking and nitpicking, it kind of starts to like. But yeah, again, great. but it's been said for the Russos for for years they love emotional moments they would life uh, like and that's uh, a sign like spielberg does it lucas does it like they would uh, good directors would uh, sacrifice logic in favor of emotion because yeah. if they can make us weep and cry for these fictional characters more than we do for some re- real stuff and then we can ignore some minor minor time traveling flaws right yeah, I didn't go out of the movie thinking about that aspect yeah. of it. So they did something right for me. Yeah. Well, on that subject of emotion, that ties in really well to the next question that we're going to present to the panel. And George, you touched on this a little bit earlier, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you first, and then we'll go around the horn. Sure. Um, the the biggest emotion that I think was expressed was was crying, and and I, I, I guess that's more of an action than 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 an emotion because the tears can be 
uh, of weeping, but they can also be tears of joy. So, you know, what scenes made you guys cry the most? George, I'm going to toss it to you first. Um, probably Clint's first scene with, with his family. And then, oh yeah. When, when Natasha travels to, uh, to Tokyo to find Clint, who's now going under the alias of Ronan, you know, it's, it's more a hardened version of Hawkeye. Ronan is leaderless. He doesn't want to be led at that point. He's letting his, his grief and his anger because of the loss of his family out on people that frankly he's not killing innocents he's, he's killing people that deserve it but that being said killing for that you know i can i can understand that side of it another scene that shocked me the most was tony's death it's funny because i actually read the i actually read the entire plot to the movie before i ever went and saw it however however that didn't detract from my enjoyment of the film mm-hmm because Robert Robert Downey Jr. In, in in one of the promos for the film said that people are not gonna know what's gonna happen, and he was right. You know, people who were walking in to see the movie for the first time would not know what was gonna happen. And for me, it just it was an emotional experience. It's it's something. It's a movie that needs to be shared. It needs to be seen with a whole crowd of people to be to be shared and be understood. It's funny that you mentioned that. I don't. I don't mean to cut you off, but it's just a really funny story that that made me think of. I read an article yesterday, I think, about mm-hmm. a, um, a a TV channel in the Philippines <laughs> that aired a pirated rendition of Endgame for what? the entire country. I, I saw that too. What? Uh... Day. And I was just very impressed with their ingenuity for one thing. <laughs> huh. And I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure they're going to get their butts sued off, but I don't even care. Like I just love the Philippines all the more now. <laughs> this, this was a TV station? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was one of their national TV stations. They got a hold of a pirated copy and just broadcast it to the entire <laughs> network. I'm sure Werner Herzog would not disagree with what they did. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Captain Jack Sparrow is going to be proud. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. But, I mean, let, let's let's continue with this journey of emotions. Uh, Dan, you you talked about it being a very emotional experience for you. How many times do you feel like you were on the verge of tears, or did you tear up several times during this movie? I don't know how. Uh, what would you think of me if I say one thing or another? Hey, but no, nobody's gonna lose their man card here, dude. I think it, I think we all came close or or went across the edge a few times. More than once. Well, <laughs> well, the the Tony Stark moment at the end. Everything in the third act with Tony Stark, especially after he hugged Peter, and everything else like. Like I, like I was getting started of like, okay, no, 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 I'm not gonna do it. Like especially when I think of their relationship, no, no, okay. Then became like came the the scene that like they wanted us to just lose our eyes with tears. Just so like yeah, I, I I cried. I cried when Tony Stark died. It's like especially when Pepper Potts and and Peter Parker were next to him. 
I cried. I cried until I saw Cap dance. And even then, I was like still tear-eyed with Captain America dancing with Peggy Carter. But the scene that I cried the most, and they were not tears of sadness, they were tears of joy, was the big, big Avengers assemble moment. Mm -hmm. That, like, like, uh, when I was like, the other scenes, they were moments of sadness and and tragedy, which, which were meant to be, like, cried at. But when I saw all those portals open up, I saw Howard the Duck, Korg, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Wakanda, Mbaku, everybody. I just, I just cried because I never thought I would be alive to see something like this. Something so, so beautiful. It was, I know I'm getting emotional and all, but it was so beautiful. So it's okay, man. Just all the lineup, especially when they go for all the characters and get to Captain America. It's like, Avengers! assemble and they they rush to each other all like lord of the rings styles like they clash all those beasties and they were like all those in the shatari were there and and the the enemies from guardians of the galaxy with those weird ships with the wings that are up like kylo's ship and like you had wong was there and i I, i'm like oh and there's that and that's it's like you can just Freeze frame that shot and just like, and he's there and she's there and it's there. Oh my God, it's that. It's 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 that. And Groot, oh, and everybody, oh, and the Guardians, oh, and oh, I yep. just I I cried. I was I was a mess. I was all my face was like a waterfall was like Niagara Falls <laughs> because I was so happy because tears of joy. Like I haven't cried like with. Force ever since Newt Gunray and Plo Koon in Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. and see, I know it's it's weird, but you know I I've cried for those characters. I haven't shed a tear for Luke Skywalker. Sorry if I'm a heartless wretch, <laughs> but uh, but seeing all that just that's <laughs> I just end game just. Oh, that's that's that scene. Like many scenes before, Natasha's death was really hard, especially when the music swelled up and uh, Jeremy Renner's excellent performance was excellent, and Thor's like moments at the beginning when you feel he's angry and like you sad because he has lost everything. Only when mm-hmm. we see New Asgard, we see okay. Thankfully, there's uh, Valkyrie, there's Korg, Meek. Who wants a giant cockroach on their couch? That's disgusting. <laughs> and uh, but that Other... big scene, oh, okay. That's 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 uh, that's all the orgasming from me you're gonna get from that. But, oh, that scene. <laughs> that scene. <laughs> oh my god. That's, um, that's that scene was... that that oh. literally made the hairs on my neck stand straight up. Was <laughs> I mean, you've heard the saying, "Be afraid." Be very afraid. The one scene where that came to mind was the was the duel between Scarlet Witch and Thanos. Mm. Oh yeah. She he was she was like, You took everything from me. And her eyes were red, her hands were red with her powers. 
and he and he just looked at her and he was like, I don't even know you. And she's like, you will. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, my God, hell has no fury. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was that was one moment that that was like, oh, my God. I was just like, damn, do not even you do not want to mess with Scarlet Witch. She will tear your ass apart. Yep. <laughs> Pretty true. Pretty true. And well, and that's that's one of the things that I love about um, the, the conversation that goes on on the Internet, because there's been a year to discuss Infinity War. And one of my favorite theories that I see going around is that we're going to get a whole lot more Scarlet Witch. And over time, we're going to realize that she's actually one of the strongest Avengers, if not. Yeah the strongest definitely. and their their claim to that is pretty legitimate because you know you look at black panther you look at captain america all, all the different people that that faced off against thanos one-on-one she's the only one who used her powers to hold him back mm. one-handed while using the other hand to protect the one she loves yeah like that is just a force unlike anything I could possibly figure out how to reckon with. Mm-hmm. And to, 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 to know that there's a potential of seeing even more of her is pretty exciting. But yeah. I digress a little bit. Chris, what was an emotional moment for you? What made you tear up a bit? I would say the two most emotional moments for me um, was uh, Natasha's death. That was, that was pretty freaking emotional. I mean that kind of whole scene when you realize that one of them's gonna die and then they're they're fighting to to uh, sacrifice themselves, which is a very unique concept that you don't see a lot in film. So that was pretty genius the way they set that up. Um, and then yeah, uh, realize because the whole time you're like you don't you legitimately don't know which which of them is gonna die, but you know one of them is. Like it's like crazy setup. Um, and uh, so that was very very emotional and that's you know when we lost our first of the the original characters there um and then i would say the other one is the triumphant triumphant moment uh when when tony says i and i am iron man and snaps like that 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 was a pretty incredible moment that you felt like that was mm-hmm. like a bookend moment since that's that that's his famous line from Way back in the day. Very true, Jake. I, I've I've got one in mind, but I'm curious if you've got one. Yeah, I mean, just to give you a little reference of what was going on in the theater, everyone was crying uh, at 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 Cap. Uh, sorry, at uh, Iron Man's death, at Tony Stark's death. I was absolutely sobbing. It was me, my friend Dan, and my brother Andrew. Dan and Andrew were not crying at all. I'm there sobbing. This there's a 14 year old kid with his grandma. Uh, they brought he brought uh, his grandma to the theater, and uh, me. It's just me and this kid crying in the back row, and we are sobbing. He brought tissues. He's handing me tissues. Oh We're God. sitting directly oh. next to each other, loudly crying, like uncontrollably. I, I like I and I knew the Tony Stark scene was coming. I, I got spoiled of that earlier, uh, but it didn't alleviate the weight of what happened because i just i i don't know it was just 
just I felt the the full weight and and Pepper Poss talking to him at the end saying you can rest now. Like it, it all just hit me so hard, like a like a freight train. Um, mm. And we went out to IHOP afterward. Me and uh, my brother and our our mom actually. Our mom was doing something and just wanted to meet us at IHOP. Dan had to go home, so we were there. And uh, you know there weren't that many people there that late at night. It was like I don't know twelve thirty in the morning or so. And I'm just re, re no pun intended recapping uh, what happened with Captain America at the very end of the movie and I I have a delayed reaction cry I just like started bawling at IHOP and I'm like it was just so beautiful mom you don't understand <laughs> and Andrew had his head down on the table like Jake shut up and I'm like no I have to talk about it and mom was being so nice she was like oh tell me more and all that stuff so yeah I cried very hard at both those scenes but the one scene that uh, I don't know why this stuck out as so special to me. Maybe it's just because it reminds me of the relationship I have with my own mom. But uh, when Thor goes, when Thor and Rocket mm-hmm. go back to to Asgard during the events of of the Dark World, um, his mom catches him, you know, and Thor does his best to hide the fact that he's from the future. But his mom can tell right away. I mean, and and the line, "The future hasn't been kind to you, has it?" Just it. It just hit me in such a way. It was like, of course, his mom knows he's from the future. Like, moms just know everything, you know? And uh, and it yeah. kind of reduced Thor, not in a bad way, but it brought him down a notch, you know? He's he's this powerful god of thunder. Uh, but he's also just a kid. You know, he's a son. You know, he's he's a mama's boy. And I loved that that sequence between him and his mom so much just such a a loving mother son relationship he got he got some final moments with his mom um and it was it was great i loved it so much and that's probably one of my favorite scenes in in the entire movie for me but uh yeah i I also want to say i'm a crier in movies i you know if a scene is emotional and it's supposed to be sad and make you feel something it's okay to cry, you know. It's it's okay. You don't have to feel any shame with it. It means that you're alive and that you're human. And just to just to accept that moment and just kind of take it in and just let it happen. It's really kind of refreshing. So, yeah, I cried several times during the movie and after the movie. Well, yeah. I I guess I guess I'm not as much of a crier, at least not not to that degree. Uh, but everybody experiences movies in different ways. Um. I'm I'm more of a flailer. My arms will <laughs> flap as if I'm trying to fly away. And I like need a seatbelt or something to keep me in my chair when I'm watching a movie because I'll just start flapping and flapping and the next thing you know I'm just <laughs> levitating in the room right there. So um, Zach's trying to fly away again. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh somebody somebody grab his belt. He he's he's flying away. Uh, you down, Zach. Pretty pretty much. Um yeah. <laughs> but I, I will say that the, there there were a couple of moments that made me very very close to to the verge of tears. Similarly to how everybody else had that emotional response to him saying "I am Iron Man," um, there there was something a little bit more subtle and a little bit more deliberate that they did during Tony's funeral, where Happy is sitting on the porch with Morgan. <sighs> And oh, he's, oh, like, no. oh. Yes. he's like, are you okay? And oh. she's like, yeah. He says, are you hungry? And she goes, yep. And he says, what do you want? She says, cheeseburgers. <laughs> uh, One of the first lines in the MCU. Oh. I want a cheeseburger. He, when he, when yeah. he got back from his <laughs> captivity, the 
first thing that he wanted Happy to help him get was a cheeseburger. <sighs> Man. Your dad loved cheeseburgers. Oh, <laughs> God. Uh, That's the kind of writing and storytelling yeah. that these guys are capable of. <laughs> to take something that nuanced and now make cheeseburgers emotional for us? <laughs> I, won't, I won't be able to go to Burger King without sobbing. You won't be able to go to Burger King, and you won't be able to count to the number 3,000 without no. sobbing either. Oh, oh, yeah. Sir, would you like anything else? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a cheeseburger. <laughs> I want about oh. 3,000 cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. I love 3,000. Oh yeah, I love three thousand. Oh, okay. So this is this is gonna be like a quick around the horn <sighs> question, um, and you, and you just we're we're gonna give the answer, and then you're gonna explain why in like thirty seconds or less, because we are getting a little crunched for time. Okay. Uh, it's a two it's a two part question. We'll go around the horn. Uh, Chris, Jake, Dan, and George, mm-hmm. in that order. All right. Um, okay. I'll ask you about one pairing of characters, and then I'll ask you about another pairing of characters. Who are you gonna miss the most between Natasha or Vision? Because we never saw a resolution to Vision in this movie, so we're assuming both of them are gone now. Who are you gonna miss most? Uh, uh, N- Natasha. Although uh, I'm glad that we are getting that movie. Mm-hmm. We're getting we're getting a Natasha movie, and we're getting WandaVision. So yes. yeah. I I'm I'm not sure how that's gonna play out, but for right now. This is this is the state of things, Jake. Uh, although I love Vision, and I hope we see more of him uh, in the show too. I I think Natasha's hit me the hardest, just because I feel like, especially I don't know in, in Civil War, especially, but um, at the beginning of this movie and little bits throughout other movies, she really became the heart of the Avengers. You know, she was like the the she was the glue. Girl. Yeah, the group mom. That's it. And yeah, I just I I became, at the beginning when she was first introduced in Iron Man two, you know, she was more shallow than she was now. Not as fleshed out, but I, mm-hmm. she really grew on me in this in the in the MCU. I I love what they did with her character. Very fair, Dan. What about you? Yeah, I'm gonna miss Nat- Natasha Romanoff the most. Just I'm sorry. Just, can you can you say that again? Just yeah. slower. Sorry, I'm I'm just no no, gonna... no 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 say no just say her name again really slow. Your accent is perfect for her name. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Natasha <man>. Romanoff. <laughs> yes, Romanoff. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I... I'm not stereotyping. I just had like this eyes roll in the back of my head type moment when you said that. I was like, oh my god, he said that so perfectly. It's probably Thank the best you. way I've ever heard it said. <laughs> yes, Romanoff. Just uh... <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I just you, you hear I'm, it now, Jake. You hear it now. <laughs> so good, Romanov. Just uh, I'm I'm gonna miss her the most. I just feel that like she has had like the one of the most touching moments in the movie, but especially she's one of the characters in the MCU who has been uh, mistreated and like suffered the most out of every character and i'm just gonna miss her a lot i'm happy she's getting a movie i hope they give her like some emotional resolution because like aside from thor she is the other character who has suffered the most i mean everybody has suffered a lot that's like one of the things that make these heroes so relatable that they lost so much but uh natasha just uh, black widow i'm gonna miss her and i want to see more of her George, how about you, man? For me, definitely Natasha. 
I think that um, she was definitely the glue that held that held the the Avengers together. She was the mom for the group. Oh yeah, in a lot of ways, she basically more or less was Tony's second in command. I think. Would anybody else agree with that? I I would agree to that. Sometimes Tony would take a sabbatical or a hiatus. Like yeah. That. You just have no idea where he is. And Natasha is the type of person that doesn't ask permission. She just assumes leadership. Mm-hmm. And right. so I don't know if I would always necessarily call her like the, the second in command as much as just a group leader, kind of like a group mom would be. Yeah. And she she just took on responsibilities and took on you know, new and more as it was needed, and she always took it in stride and always did really well with it. So, yeah, I think I think I'm gonna miss her too. I'm I'm really curious to see if there's gonna be some way to bring Vision back, or if it's just gonna be like the adventures of Wanda and Vision leading up to Infinity War. I don't think that part has really been explored that much yet. So yeah, um, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, this next question is going to be a little bit harder. So I'm gonna allot about uh, let's say a minute for each person this time because this one this one's going to be tougher with both of their uh story arcs concluded now who do you think you're going to miss more in future mcu movies captain america or iron man chris uh, Iron Man. Um, I I actually I mean as sacrilegious as it is I'm not like a huge Captain America fan myself. Um, yeah, no, I I mean I he's a great character, but like he's like tenth on my list of favorite characters. See <gasps> you. Yeah. So uh, you you just hurt my heart. It's not that one's an easy one for me. Like I feel like that 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 Robert Downey Jr. is in a lot of ways the franchise however this is obviously a franchise that has the most depth of characters so it'll, it'll be fine but you're definitely i feel like we're gonna feel his his absence a lot especially in these team-up movies i think that's fair jake what about you yeah i agree you know cap's still around um he you know who knows how he's gonna show up in various forms he went back in time he lived throughout time he could pop up here and there in future movies in past movies chronologically you know you never know where cap's gonna show up but tony's dead you know and he started this this universe and he he helped bring i mean he's the guy who brought thanos and everybody down at the end um i'm gonna miss him you know i love i just because i love captain america doesn't mean i don't love tony stark i love what they did with his character i love what he means to to the universe and um you know he's He's the beating heart of the MCU, I think, and uh, and I, I, I don't mean that just because you take him out, the universe is going to die and the MCU is going to go downhill from now on. I don't think that's true at all. I think that he was essential in making it successful at the beginning and now – now it can it can go on to other other different places, you know, w- without him, sadly. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss Tony very much. Uh, Mr. Grievous, how about you? Yes, um, thank you. Uh, I think yeah, I echo what both Jake and Chris said. Uh, Tony Stark is like like I think we're never gonna have another. Are like another Iron Man. We're gonna feel his, like, lack of, like his, uh, h- him missing from from every future movie will be felt. 
Mm-hmm. And especially, I think that will be uh, most evident in the badly timed and badly advertised uh, Far From Home. And I'm not saying that it's badly advertised because the trailer is bad, but I think they did a bad thing by showing the trailer where there is no Tony Stark and people started theorizing. And I didn't like that. And I think, well, I've, I, I think I'm going to love the movie with Mysterio and stuff. But we, I think we're going to get even more resolution and maybe uh, more impact on Peter Parker's side. Because that's the thing that really also hit me the most out of the latest movies. Is Peter Parker's relationship with Tony Stark. Because he was Peter's Uncle Ben in this universe. So to see him die, it's like having... Uncle Ben all over again. Why? <laughs> Why? Just, oh, yeah. Tony Stark, we're, we're going to miss you. But he had a heart. We're going to miss you, Tony. Mm-hmm. This kind of turned into like a Iron Man funeral. We're all given yeah. eulogies for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, George, what about you, man? Cap or Iron Man? Who are you going to miss? Oh, boy. That's tough. I'm going to miss them both. Like I said, I mean, I, I think. I think Tony versus Steve by just the slimmest of margins. It's very, very slim for me. Just knowing his entire arc and what he's been through, I'm seriously impressed that he was able to keep it keep it together as well as he did with everything that it was that was placed on his shoulders as far as this whole Infinity Saga. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna miss Cap for his leadership. I'm gonna miss Iron Man. For him being the backbone of the of the of the entire franchise, but I mean, in terms of in terms of overall, in terms of the team, I think I'm going to miss Cap and his leadership overall. I absolutely love the line where they're where they're getting ready to leave to go um, get Thanos, and he's like, "Let's go get this bitch." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you know that it's a big moment when Cap cusses. <laughs> oh yeah. He, he 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 says uh, he says the fecal version of "You've got to be kidding me" when he sees himself in New York. <laughs> yep. So, like, pretty much any time he cusses, there's a certain severity to the situation, and mm-hmm. it just kind of like lets you know, ooh, something big's about to happen. Cap said a bad language word. Yeah. Right. It's a Voltron. <laughs> We got it. We got a. We got a. We got a censor, Captain America. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not this time. Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to get too political here. I'm going to go on to our next question. <laughs> We've only got two left before we call it a night. Um, the the quote of the night segment is just going to be asking you guys if you had a favorite quote from Endgame. So start thinking about that now, so that when we get to it, you have something to reference instead of having to, uh, you know, pause and, and go back through your memory banks. Uh, favorite quote from Endgame. That's going to be our quote of the night, so stand by for that. But the question I want to ask you next, and you guys can feel free to have anybody chime in on this, um, do you feel like this was a satisfying conclusion to the Infinity Saga that has been around since 2008? Yes, 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 yes. Next person. Yes, 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 yes. Next person. Hello. <laughs> I'm the next person. Uh yes, yes, yes. It was the most satisfying movie in the entire series and it made other movies that were flawed and 
put on very low points in people's lists of favorite movies. Speaking about Dark World, mm-hmm. uh, yes, it made those movies feel more satisfying and more worth watching because before Endgame, I was like, Endgame, ah, nah, 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 I don't care. But now it's especially like, uh, like when Jake mentioned Freya, uh, yeah, it made it even more more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, satisfying to to the nth <clears throat> degree. So yes, George, were you satisfied? Not just yes, but hell yes. <laughs> like I said before, best twelve fifty I spent at the theater this year. Amen to that. Very fair. Very fair. Okay, so it's time for the big question then, before we call it a night. We're going to wrap up final thoughts, and we're going to do the IPC Planet Score. Your rating out of a possible 10 points. Mr. Sequel, you are up first. Final impressions and your rating for Endgame. Wow, so I didn't really get into the things I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, <laughs> which is you cool. Nitpick a, you can nitpick a little bit. We were trying to focus on some of the No, no, and it's great. It's great. Can. If you want to hear uh, more rantings and ravings and critique, listen to the uh, hype function review of <laughs> Endgame. That's more of a, a little bit of a different vibe there, but still a very fun podcast to, to listen to. But this has been great, too. Um, I, I, I'll give it a nine out of a 10, um, because I thought it was very satisfying. Uh, I just thought as a movie, uh, there were some problems with it. Like I, I didn't, I wasn't 100% behind all of the pacing throughout the movie. Um, but, uh, I'll, I'll just forward you to hype function to listen to my explanations of why I thought that, but nine out of 10. Very good. I may have to forward you guys to next week's episode of yes. IPC. <laughs> A lot of tonight has been delegation. Prepare yourself for maybe a few hot takes on next week's episode. Mm. But we'll get to that. Mr. Damon, you are up. Final thoughts and your rating for Endgame. I, I love this movie, guys. I thought it was amazing. Um, it was just everything that I hoped and wanted and didn't know I wanted. And, you know, just like I said at the beginning, it made me feel like all the time I spent in the MCU up to this point was totally worth it. And it it really made me feel like this is what I love about being a fan of things. Um, Yeah, just a great experience. Although I'm not going to give this one rating. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna break the rules a little bit. I'm gonna give it two ratings because I feel like this has to be. Now hold on, just hold on. Yes, hold on. My rules. There's an averaging that can be done. Okay, okay. Let let me say. Let me say the second rating can just be an honorary rating. The first rating is how was this as a movie? I would give it a good like 8.8. I feel like that's just a good score for this. There were a few issues with it. I didn't really have time to go into what my few issues were. But overall, a fantastic movie. Um, But my honorary rating is how does this do as a movie that caps off an entire era of 22 movies, 10 years? And I I have to give it a 10 because I think the landing they stuck – is just incredible. Like it's it's just what they did, how they ended it, the the you know all the juggling that had to take place in order to make this work properly. They totally stuck the landing. So you know I don't do things like that often, but I got to give it a ten out of ten for 
for being an ending to an amazing 10 years. Oh, boy. Just average you don't have it. to count that. Just count just, my Just average it. it. I mean, that's what I said. I, I, I'll give it an 8 out of 10 as a movie, a 10 out of 10 for the second score. So 9 out of 10 is my... <laughs> So just do the same, do do the math. It's a 9.4. 9.4. There we go. You're killing me, Smalls. Don't steal this. I'm keeping the (laughs) 8.8. I'm keeping the 8.8, damn it. Uh, Dan, you are up, sir. Final thoughts and your rating for Endgame. My rating for Endgame has to be a 9.5, closer to 9 out of 10. It's, It's... like not a perfect movie, but it's a perfect end to this journey and adventure that we've had since 2008. And I feel satisfied and I'm just, I would give it a 10 out of 10 for the fails, all the things that made me feel and all the emotions I experienced mm. in the theater. But I still have a, one more favorite uh, uh, movie above this. So yeah, I would give it a 9.5, 9. 9 uh this is just an excellent experience it just you see something new every time you go to see it it's like a where's Waldo of movies in my opinion and yeah and just an incredible unforgettable experience that i think we might not get in our lifetime again Dang. some power some powerful words a very hot take there uh last but certainly not least the chosen nightwolf himself George, how do you rate this movie? Tough to do again for me because it, because everything was just it it was it was very well thought out, very well acted. Just the the visuals were insane. Ah, uh, gotta pin me down on this. You had to do it, didn't you? <laughs> hey, every episode, man, it's a regular thing on IPC now. I hear you. I'm gonna go nine and a half out of ten. All righty. Nine and a half. I think, you know, there's, there were very, very few problems, but I, you know, I think, you know, the what the ones that, that were, that were there were stuff that could be actually forgiven. But yeah, nine and a half out of 10 for me. Well, that combined score for these guests on part two of our Endgame pod panel gives us 36.8 out of a possible 40 points which is a score of 92%. That was a 47.15% or 47.15 out of 50, which is 94.3 for panel number one. So now I kind of want to look at like what the overall conglomerate segment is. So while I'm punching together those numbers, let's go ahead and talk about the quote of the night. You guys have had a little bit of time to stew on it now. Uh, who wants to kick things off and tell I us will. their favorite quote from Endgame? I will. Um, Hail Hydra. <laughs> that, I laughed so hard at that. That was, that really was nice. good. It was a good comic nod, too. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, my favorite line in the entire movie was kind of foreshadowed by uh, by Frigga, um, Thor's mother, in that scene I talked about before, but was said to Valkyrie by Thor at the end, right before he boards the Guardians of the Galaxy's ship. Um, He says, it's time for me to be who I am rather than who I'm supposed to be. Mm. And I just love it. Yeah, it's great. And I'll probably think about it and apply it to my life. Uh, 
You know, I just think it resonates. It does. Yeah, um, my pick might be what most people would choose and put as their quote of the movie. <sighs> I love you, 3000. I just, yes. I love that. I just love it so much. Just always like, oh, yeah, I love you, 3000. Perfect quote. T-shirt material right there. Yeah. It's it's become iconic almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. George, did you have a favorite quote, my friend? Oh, man. I actually have two. Don't mind. By all means. Like I said, the one scene, you know, where I told you about be afraid, be very afraid. The duel between Scarlet Witch and Thanos, where she was like, you took everything from me. Thanos is like, I don't even know you. And just with ice in her veins she was cold as ice scarlet witch told him you will my other favorite quote cap to everybody when they're getting ready to leave let's go get this son of a bitch from really from really powerful writing to just like a really great like one-liner zinger that that gets thrown in there those are those are both awesome and i don't know about you guys but i've had a really awesome time here on the show heck yes me too i mean obviously thank you almost two hours is still not enough to talk about everything that happens in this three hour movie so the discussion will continue with ben and myself next week but we want to thank you guys so so very much for being a part of it and offer our uh, apologies to miss rachel perry who could not make it onto the program tonight due to technical difficulties she is a patron here on the program, and so we will do our best to get her onto the show at some point so that she can voice her opinions on Endgame or on anything else that she feels like she wants to because uh, she's, she's been a longtime supporter of the show. Uh, hasn't always listened live, but listens on iTunes and contributes in the Peacekeeper Corps. She's a great friend of ours, and we're sorry that we missed her, but uh, grateful that she was willing to take time out of her schedule the same way you guys did to commit a couple of hours to talking about Endgame. So thank you very much. And where can the folks at home keep up with you guys if they so desired? Is there some sort of social media or streaming platform that you guys wish to discuss at this time? Uh, follow me at Seek3PO. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Jake uh, W. Damon because somebody else stole Jake Damon. Oh, Their name isn't even Jake Damon. Um, <laughs> And then you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Damon, which I thought was stolen. Then I realized I created a Twitter account like five years ago, which had that name and I stole it back for myself. So thank you, Jake, for saving that for me. Um, And you can also listen to my uh, show that I do irregularly called the Jake Damon program. It's on any anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, and I just talk about stuff and things and things going on in my life. It's really for like friends and family and stuff to listen to. So check that out. Well, you can find Dan Grievous anywhere on social media, like uh, Dan underscore Grievous or Dan all uh, all collected like uh, all connected Dan Grievous one word on Twitter or Dan Grievous returns on YouTube. I make videos, mega mixes about the Clone Wars, mainly Star Wars, the Clone Wars, but hey, that's what I love the most, and it's coming back. So you know. Dan Grievous, everywhere. See you guys. Let's hope he gets a cameo. Oh, I hope so. Even if he dies. Well, uh, George, I don't know if you have a, a, a streaming platform, do you, my friend? 
Um, actually, I do. I, I usually you can usually interact with me on Facebook. My nickname on on Facebook is Chosen Nightwolf, and you can also get a hold of me. You can follow me on Twitter under Chosen Nightwolf as well. Brilliant. Some brilliant stuff. And you can find the IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IPC Podcast. You can also follow Ben and myself personally on social media. You can find Ben at Ben Hart with no E. Spell that out phonetically. And find me on Twitter and Instagram at Z-A-C-Zach underscore D-F-W. You can listen to previous episodes on places like iTunes and Google Play and on StarWarsUnderworld.com. They are a proud partner of the IPC Podcast. But the best place is to find our entire library, which is at your disposal on ipcpodcast.podbean.com. Well, fellas, we have just about reached the end of End Game Pod, but thank you, thank you a thousand times, thank you again for being a part of this awesome night, and uh, be sure to listen next week, everybody, when the End Game discussion continues thanks a lot you guys it was great yes thank you talk to you soon always a fun time here on the ipc podcast but for chris and jake and dan and george my name is zach thank you for tuning in this week we will see you all next week right here on channel 1138.com and the ipc podcast when we discuss more of avengers endgame but until then Good night, everyone. Adios. <laughs> bye bye now. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye now. <laughs> okay, I'm muting you guys now. <laughs> so long, folks. <laughs>